Hey guys, a new set of products coming your way. Um, I get these questions a lot, so I decided to go ahead and um, give you guys the items that I use to produce this podcast. Um, so here they are. The Bose Micro Soundlink, or Soundlink Micro rather. Uh, excellent quality. If you've heard any of my guest interviews, uh, that is primarily what I use to go ahead and do FaceTimes over, you know, any distance interviews or anything like that. So if you've heard any of those, you can hear the quality of the uh, audio. It's pretty good. Um, so the sound quality is out there. The bass is really good. Um, you can take it anywhere with you. Uh, it's good for phone calls as well. Waterproof. So you can take it out on the lake, you know, if you want to go ahead and use it on the water, take it on hikes, you could do that too. It has a durable strap on it, so that way you can strap it to your backpack, uh, handle on the cooler, anything like that, and take it with you, and it'll stick with you everywhere. Uh, obviously, it's Bluetooth, so you can pair it with your phone. Um, has a six-hour runtime, so pretty good. And the, like I said, for the level of quality of sound, you're going to get pretty solid six hours out of that. Um, you can also, a pretty cool feature that I personally haven't used yet because I only have one of them, but you can actually pair this Bluetooth speaker with other uh, Bose Bluetooth speakers and actually have them run in sync so you can spread the sound out. So like if you have a song playing on, you know, from your phone to the speaker, you can link another speaker to that speaker and you'll just have like two speakers in different spots playing the same music, which is pretty dope. Uh, the other item that I use to record, uh, which a lot of people ask me this one in particular, is the Blue Yeti mic. Uh, you can't go wrong with the Blue, Diet, Blue, Diet, Blue, 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 Blue Yeti mic. It, I mean, if you've heard any of the episodes, obviously, they sound awesome. And I'm using a Blue Yeti mic to record this as we speak. So the Blue Yeti mics, uh, the one that I have linked for you guys in the description has the whole setup. So it's not just the mic. Um, but it comes with everything else I use to mount it and make it really convenient to use. So this is a USB mic, obviously. Uh, no latency delays, so your inputs are pretty spot on. You can hear them in real time when you say something or if you're someone who's more into music. If you're using it for music purposes, all your inputs will be pretty spot on. Um, the microphone comes with... Uh, a nice, easy-to-use uh, bass, so you don't have to use the armature that I've linked for you. It comes with its standalone bass that you can just have the mic set up pretty much anywhere. You don't really need to uh, set up the armature. But it also comes with that removable bass. Uh, four different recording modes. So you got stereo, which is standard. You know, any mic will give you that. Uh, cardioid, which is pretty good too. Omnidirectional, uh, bidirectional. Uh, multiple recording situations so anybody in the room like if you have more than one person on the podcast you can have that set up so it records everybody in the room if you're facing each other you can have the microphone set up so that it will pick up directly in front of it and behind it and then also if you're using just uh, if you want to record almost like 180 degrees it has a mode for that and obviously if it's just you which is the way I usually use it um, you have that option too so Pretty versatile, awesome. But the uh, bundle that I've linked for you, it includes not only the microphone. This In this particular bundle, it'll be a red, satin red color uh, for the microphone. But you can see other bundles there that will give you different colors and stuff and similar setups. Um, but this one, the one that I've uh, set up for you, it will have the... Uh, 
kind of like a filter in front of it. So it kind of saves the hard S's and stuff like that out of the audio. It makes it sound smoother. It's almost like a buffer. Uh, you're going to get that. You're going to get mount for it. And then you're also going to get the uh, susp suspension arm for it. So it'll be an adjustable armature that you can move back and forth and tighten it up or loosen it up. It's spring-loaded. It has these little straps on it, which keeps the wire out of the way. It's pretty awesome, but that's what I use. And you still have the ability to um, get the iRobots, um, the home cleaning systems, and that is 43% uh, up to select models. This offer is good until May 9th. So at that point, I'll probably do another ad and make uh, a new list of products for you guys to take a look at. Um I went over this before, but these robots are pretty handy. Um, you can schedule uh, cleaning times with the app or with your voice assistant like Alexa, Google, whatever it is. Um, it cleans carpet and hardwood, gets corners and edges. Uh, you also have sensors that help the uh, vacuum navigate furniture, corners, keeps it from falling downstairs. Um, so you don't really have to, to not you don't really have to worry about where it goes. Uh, it'll have sensors on it that can detect dirtier areas and it'll go there and clean those areas more thoroughly. So that's pretty awesome. You don't really have to monitor how well it cleans. It's pretty solid. Um, and it has a 90 minute runtime before it has to be uh, docked back on the charging station. And it does that automatically. Once it knows that the battery is low, it'll just mosey on over to the charging station and uh, mount right up. You don't even have to worry about it dying, you know, somewhere unless it gets caught on something. But like I said, the sensors are pretty good. I have one in my home. It does a great job. Uh, all I have to do is just empty out the, I guess, the storage space for whatever it picks up. Just got to empty that once in a while. But other than that, it's pretty low maintenance. Works really well. So uh, check those out. Links are in the description. And enjoy the episode. What is going on, guys? Episode 10. Sorry, um, that was super loud. But um, I got my buddy Paul Cronin here. Uh, we met not too long ago. Uh, he's been, well, I'll let him uh, kind of share his story. But uh, it's great to have you finally on the show. Chris, thanks for having me. We've been That's planning awesome. it for a little bit now. Absolutely. So I'm glad you finally, uh, so you just came back from Miami. I did. Yeah. And how that now, was that your first time in Miami? You've been up to Miami before, right? So I've, I visited Miami a few mm -hmm. times, but this was my first time actually like living and experiencing Miami. Really? For two, it was, it was two months, but it was, yeah, it was, it was insane. Yeah. It was crazy. And the, so what did you do out there? So I, I, I moved down, it was basically moving on a whim because mm -hmm. um, my, I, I was planning on moving there actually back in 2018. Oh, shit. After in, I think it was October. Yeah. Because uh, my roommate, who I lived with, she, because we both studied at Berkeley together. Okay. And so she was moving down to Miami in October. And she was like, listen, I think you should come with me. I think there's opportunities for you, mm -hmm. like musically, and to do stuff in just a new environment. Because I was getting stuck here, working the same job, doing all that. Yeah. But things didn't work out then. And I told her, listen, I can't come right now financially. I can't make it work. Right. And so I didn't. I stayed in Boston, kept working, and she moved down. Mm -hmm. Then, literally in um, August, she, that's when she told me, she's like, hey, uh, one of the rooms in her apartment is available. Mm -hmm. You know, I think you should come and live here for the remainder of the lease. I have some people I want to introduce to you, and <laughs> I think there's some shit you can do. You know? Yeah, hell yeah. And, and it was like one of those things where it was like, she told me, and I was like, you know what, 
fuck it, I have to do it. You know, it was like, <laughs> I would re- I would have regretted it more had I not done it. Hell yeah. Than like playing it safe and being like, ah, oh, no, <laughs> fuck it. I don't, I, don't, I don't know what I want to do. Yeah. So I sent it and it was like, dude, it was the most rewarding experience. Yeah, that's awesome. Do you think you would, you think it was good enough to like, you would you stay there? If oh, yeah. like, if the situation was different, do you think you would actually make the commitment? To go? Oh, 100%, 100%. Like the first month was slow. I was like, right. I, I was, I was getting introduced to the Acclimated, whole, yeah. Yeah, exactly. The mm-hmm. whole scene and everything. Yeah. So I, w- I was like, mm, I think part of me wants to move back to Boston and, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, be up north. Right. You know, my family's there, everything. And yeah. then, and then things started to pick up real quick. Yeah. I started doing more stuff. I was like, damn, I think I want to stay. Yeah. And it was like, it was one of those things where I was like, I feel like I'm just dipping my toes in the water here. Right. You know, yeah. So two months is, it's, it's crazy. nothing. Yeah. It's nothing. It's nothing. It was like, it was so yeah. quick. So after it all happened, I realized like, wow, I do want to stay. Yeah. And I, 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 like, I had to come back for, for like certain other reasons, but now I have like a goal in mind. That's I awesome. Feel like I need to get back. Yeah. Cause I never did when I, uh, cause I lived out in Florida for a little bit. And when I did that, it was not like I had no toe dipping. I was like, belly flop, <laughs> let's get this bitch done. And that's, that's, that's literally how it happened. So you have, at least you had the luxury of testing it out, at least seeing if you liked it or not. Exactly. I, I, uh, before then I never even heard of, cause where I went was Jacksonville. I never even heard of Jacksonville. Damn. Yeah. So it was just like, I had no idea. So I just went in and luckily it worked out, but yeah. it could have easily not. So I mean, two months, it's like you're getting used to like, like you're trying to find good restaurants. You're trying to find like places you can hang, you know, like you maybe you're looking for a gym or maybe you're looking for a park or, you know, you're just getting to know, like in this case, you had somebody there already. So you got you were able to make friends probably a lot faster. Oh, yeah. Oh, 100 percent. And that's cool that they they actually kept you in mind as like, hey, you know, there's plenty of shit out here to do. Come out. I was like, okay, I had to. And it was oh, it was it was amazing. How close were you to the beach? I was, I was like a 15 minute drive. That's not bad. It wasn't bad. Like I only went like three times though. <laughs> but honestly, cause like when I got down there, everything was still shut down. Uh, no, none of the bars, none of the restaurants, all of that. Yeah. So like I went down and I was like, well, I'm going to be in my apartment for the most, you know, the majority of the time, which wasn't bad, you know, mm-hmm. I loved where I was living. And then, um, and then things slowly started to open up and then I got to explore more and how much was that? So they started opening things up while you were there. Yeah, exactly. So uh, what did you what did, did you get to experience? Like, what did you get to do? Well, I went to the first time I went to South Beach was it was it was it was on a random Tuesday. I had a friend visiting me from Atlanta, he's and he saw one of my stories on Instagram. He's mm. like, "Whoa, you're in Miami? I'm gonna be in Miami for like a day and a half." Oh I, shit! And so he came over and he was he was pumped to be in Miami because it was his first time. Mm. He's like, "Bro, we gotta go to the beach." We got to the <laughs> and it was like it was like 9 p.m. because he came in late yeah and it was uh <laughs> and i was i was excited yeah because he had a car and we, we we went and the crazy thing is like because to me things had just started opening up so i thought oh here we go let's right. go let's send it yeah so we get there we're kind of like exploring and we we like things weren't as like you know hopping as i would have expected no of course yeah and then uh, we're, we're walking around it was, it was beautiful gorgeous walk and by the time we decided where to go Everything started closing. Oh, like, motherfucker. It was like 10.45. <laughs> and we're like, okay, this place looks great. We walk up to the to the person standing outside and she's like, yeah. no, we're so sorry. We're closing. Oh, oh, oh. Damn. Oh, no. And literally by the time we left there, walked back down the strip, bro, like dead. Damn. Everything. They had a curfew. So curfew, they have yeah. curfew. Yeah. So actually my roommate is in Miami right now. Oh damn! So like, yeah, it just—it's weird that you're here and he's there. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, he's—he's uh, he's in Miami right now and he's got plenty of like 
I guess he's got shit to do. Uh, yeah. But it's, I think they still have the curfew enforced right now. Yeah. I'm not sure what time it is, but he, he was just sending me shit not too long ago. He's at a restaurant and shit, but nice. it looks very cool. Like, they have a lot of, like, neon signs and shit. Oh, I yes. haven't been, like, because I got, I did get to go to Miami mm-hmm. when I lived in Florida, but it was very, like, brief. It was, like, a couple days, uh, but I didn't, first of all, I didn't have the, the currency to enjoy, you know, to enjoy, actually right. enjoy everything that Miami had to offer. But where we stayed, it was, like, right like right behind the hotel where the beach was there. Yeah, so yeah. it was, like, pretty, it was pretty there, and... At the, well, I was lucky because I didn't have to deal with quarantine or coronavirus was mm-hmm. not a thing. So I was able to experience shit, but it wasn't it wasn't the way I wanted it to. And I had to drive. I drove down there, which was a mistake because it's better. It's cheaper to just take an Uber because you literally the hotel was like we you have to get it valeted. Oh, my God. And you got to pay every single time they valet it. You have to t- give them, like, a tip and shit. So, overall, like, every time I left, it was in my car. So, I'm spending right. my gas, putting miles on it. And then I would have to have them chauffeur it back. So, every single time I was paying out the nose. And I'm like, dude, what the fuck was I That's- thinking? Like, <laughs> like, like, even I think it would have been cheaper to fly and then Uber the rest of the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, because it, it was, like, Jacksonville to Miami. It's, like, a, I think it's a five-hour drive. So okay. it's, 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 you know, a flight would have been like 45 minutes, I think. Oh, dude, yeah. Something stupid like that. So, I mean, I, I don't think, it, and it would have been within the same state, so I wouldn't have paid as much. Oh, that's a good point. But, Damn. yeah, it sucked. It sucked. That it was sucks, expensive dude. as shit. And I'm like, so, and they're like, yeah, you can park like a few lots away, but cars get stolen over there. I'm like, all right, so you're telling me I have no fucking choice? No, fuck that. <laughs> How about no? Yeah, for real. <laughs> for real. But uh, Miami's pretty cool. Mm. Um, and I don't know, did you go, like, there's, like, downtown Miami where it's pretty much just everybody walks? Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't know if, uh, I don't know exactly where it is. I'm pretty ignorant. So, I got, I stayed in, uh, Brickell. Okay. And it's, it's, Brick. oh my god, it's so nice. But the, mm. the, the thing about it is it's so modern and recent. Like, the whole, Like, it's like, all new developments? Yeah, exactly. Like, 35 oh, years ago, there was, like, nothing. And now oh, it's, wow. like, oh my god, all these, you know, the high-rise apartments, like, mm. barely, like, brand new shit and everything. And it was, like, yeah. it was nice. And it was it was such a nice place to stay because like even in quarantine and everything you you could walk around outside and mm-hmm. it's like oh this is gorgeous you right know? I'm not on the beach I'm not doing this but it's like it was a beautiful place to walk around mm-hmm. and then I had a few friends living around the city unfortunately they all had cars so I was like every time I needed a ride somewhere you know I was like hey can you drive me you know yeah I know you're not doing anything you know <laughs> fucking COVID right now and I'm like okay. So I got to go around. We went to, we drove around. So that's, they drive me to the beach sometimes like South Beach, which was, I can't remember like directionally, but it, it was not mm. far. Right. And then I went to like Key Biscayne, which is like, I don't know how to, it's like a smaller beach, but it's like right on the highway. So it's like, okay. you just go and it's, it's not like a beach beach. Right. You know, where you like, you park far and then you walk. It's kind of like a pit stop kind of thing where yeah, you're just yeah. like, oh shit, let's go to the beach before we head over to wherever yeah. else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, but like me, I'm, I'm a nut job. So I, I get there and like, I'm like, no, I want to, I wore my bathing suit. I brought my towel, bro. I was ready to swim. And everybody else is just in, you know, casual clothes. Like they're just, you know, one, one of my friends was wearing, like, it looked like she dressed up. She did her makeup and everything. Jeez. I was like, you look a little out of place. And here I am, you know, hauling ass into the water. <laughs> it's a different, it's different down there. The beaches are way better. Oh. I, I mean, personally, I like oh. For me, see, for me, I can't do the beach up here. Like, I'll go, you know, but I won't get in the water. It's just like, okay. for me, I'm not like a cold water person. 
never been that way. So, like, when it comes to me going to the beach, like, I will, I'm like a cat. Like, I fuck that. <laughs> I'm like, no way. But in Miami, you know, or, well, in Florida in general, because even mm-hmm. in Jacksonville, the, the water was beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you could go every single day, and it didn't, oh, you know, it, of course, you know, in the winter, you know, you're not going to the beach anyways, no matter where. Yeah. But it was, uh, you know, it was pretty dope. Like, the water was nice and clean. You know, it was, like, not hot but warm right in miami it was it was when i went i think i went in the summer so the water was great like it was like bathtub water it's fucking awesome but (laughs) when it comes to when it comes to uh yeah the beaches up here to me i i've been spoiled because when i was in jacksonville like spending three three years in florida it's like you're you get used to that and then after that it's just not the same see that was that was a big thing with me get like two months is like nothing. So mm-hmm. uh, my body did not adjust to the heat. Yeah. Like at all. Oh yeah. Like I couldn't. Like I'd go anywhere <laughs> and I would be sweating the whole. Like I want to. I want to go see the Celtics game. Mm-hmm. And so a friend of mine was like, "Hey, come over to my place. We're having some people over. We're gonna watch the game." His apartment was literally a ten minute walk from where I was staying, and I was running a little late. The game had already started, so I was like, "You know what? I'll yeah. hoof it. Like I'll haul ass. I'll get there." Mm-hmm. I'm I'm walking briskly, dude. I'm not I'm not <laughs> jogging, sprinting, running anything. And I get there and like I am just drenched. drenched. Yeah. And I was so embarrassed. Like I'm walking up to all these people, introducing <laughs> myself. Like, hey, right. I'm Paul. How's it going? <laughs> Giving hugs and everything. And, I, and then I go into the bathroom. And I'm like, oh no, you yeah. gotta be kidding me, dude. Oh, it's horrible. That's why black is always the safest bet. Yes. I bought a lot of black in Florida. I'm like black everything. I don't give a fuck. Like I don't care how hot it is. I'm just like. The hide these stains, bro. Yeah, exactly. Hide these stains, cause I'm a like me. I I sweat. Like I sweat probably more than the average person. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I I probably have some sort of condition, but <laughs> it. <laughs> but it was uh you know just something I've always dealt with. So yeah. like I'm surprised I don't own as much black attire. That, right. I, I'm surprised I don't own more of it. But I did find this. Uh. I think I need like deodorant that is like more clinical like on the the yes. clinical strength and i did find one but the problem the downside is is that it doesn't have like an odor to it so right right you'll get a hint of like bo like yeah. it's just like i'll only i'll be the only person that knows it but still i know it you know what i mean it's not like you know it's right. not like you would smell it or it's not like uh anybody and we're sitting like this far away it, it you wouldn't pick up but on it could it. be that little that little that little subtle. and it just like takes away like chips away at your confidence as the night goes on yes and the more yeah. you think about it the more it gets in your head exactly. and then you just sweat more and it's like fuck yeah exactly it's exactly like, exactly gosh. so that was the thing i had to like find a deodorant that worked cuz you know old spice uh degree all these yeah. like even i've even tried secret for women yeah. I haven't tried that. Nice. I'm like, dude, anything, anything, anything. Yeah. Just get me, get me, just get my confidence back. Because, and, and, you know, I was, the last time I bought deodorant was the one I found, like, these these better ones. Yeah. And it looks like, I'll show you when we're done. But it, it it's like, a, like, you would not pick that for any reason. Like, yeah. there's nothing special about it. It's just like some off-brand that you never heard of. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm like, what the fuck else do I got to lose? Everything else fails. Right. Fuck it. Maybe these guys get it and they fucking got it. The only thing is the scent. That's the only thing. So I'm sticking with it, yeah. but I'm also not high fiving people and shit because exactly. I'm like, it could be a bad day. Mm-hmm. You know, I could, yep. And, and I just got to do like a small, you know, exactly. Like a small oh, check. Dude, the old, the old smell test. <laughs> always. Yeah. I'm always doing that. Because I'm like, when it comes to that, that's probably like that. And I also get sweaty hands. Yes. Same. Dude, we have the same condition. Dude. Like, it's a wrap. Like, I, I, I. <laughs> Like I get for some reason, like I'm not nervous or anything, mm-hmm. but like, see, I, I'm like right now I'm just a tiny bit like clammy, a tiny, yeah. a tiny bit moist, 
but it's not like uh, I'm not like like I, I can get to the point where I put my hand down, take it off and you can see my handprint. Like you can see like the heat coming off, radiating from my hand. Yep. And I don't know what it is. I don't know how. I think when I was a when I was a kid, my mom, I, I complained about it. And my mom took me to a doctor and they said that they would have to like small make like some some incision in my wrist or something like that. Like really? there's something they have to change in my anatomy that Jeez. would get it to stop. That's insane. Like maybe with modern medicine, it's, you know, it might yeah. be different because that was like pff, over a decade ago. That was a long time ago. But um, <laughs> it was one of those things that I had to do like some major change in my right. and I was like, what the fuck? I'm like. 13, 14 years old, yeah. like, what the fuck? I don't want to get surgery for sweaty hands. Yeah, exactly. I don't want them cutting me open just because, you know, I ooze a little, you know? <laughs> <laughs> fuck that shit, dude. Hell no. But, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how long you've been dealing, but that's something I've dealt with, like, as far as I can remember. Yeah. I, like, I, I, it always happens to me. Mm. And for the most part, like, when I'm here in New England, you know, like, I'm a cold weather person, so it doesn't mm. affect me. Like, I'll, I'll be, yeah, but I'm sweating a little. Yeah. But like not not really. Yeah. But just down there it was amplified to the max. Oh yeah. Especially when you're well you weren't there in the fall too, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. early August, it was it was hot. Oh like, yeah. Oh it no. was hot. August is August. Hot as balls. Yeah. But the great thing about where I was staying was I was on the fourteenth floor of this this apartment complex mm-hmm. and the pool was the level below. Oh so dope. I just take the stairs, boom. Indoor pool. And then probably up there you crack a window, you're getting a lot of air too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's pretty high up. Tons of breeze. Oh yeah. That's dope. And then, <laughs> the great thing, too, is central air conditioning. Oh, everywhere has everywhere. it. I don't understand why we still put fucking machines in the in the fucking windows. Right? Like, dude, that shit is so inefficient. Zaps oh your God. energy. Like, your, your, your electric bill is going through the roof. Mm-hmm. With central air, it's just like you flip a switch. You don't even have to, like, adjust it. You just set it however you want. And then whenever it reaches that temperature, it shoots air. Exactly. You know, and then whenever you walk into your house, it's calm, cool, comfortable. It was always like that. It was amazing. So efficient. But... Because I lived with people who are so used to the heat, they like the temperature to be that much warmer. So I go like I, I was I, like that. I look at the thermostat yeah. and it's like seventy five. Yeah. Like, why? Why? I want like sixty eight. <laughs> you know? I swear to God. I was, was that guy. I was that. I, guy. I was that guy. I like three. No, no, no. I'm there. I'm their kind of guy where it's just like I, I don't mind a little sweat. You know? I, uh, I don't. I don't mind when I'm home. I, I don't mind like I'll just walk around with my shirt off or something yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. But I don't really need like cool, cool. Okay. You know, I'm I'm pretty comfortable after being there for three years, and like you get into a car and it's 115 degrees oh in the fucking God. car. Oh, dude, no. I I was like conditioned after three years of that bullshit. I was conditioned. I believe nothing like people like uh, when I, when I got back, people were like, "You're not hot." I'm like, "Dude, no." no. I wear jeans in the summer. <laughs> Could be it. Yeah, wow. I, I was that dude until recently. Until recently, yeah. because also like. uh I was never like a shorts guy, even growing up. Like I yeah. never, always jeans, jeans, jeans. So, you know, when I got to Florida, even in Florida, I was wearing jeans. I started wearing shorts here. Okay. So in Florida, I was always with long pants. If I wore uh, shorts, it was to go to the beach. That's Damn. it. Damn. Yeah. That's insane, dude. Yeah. So I was like pretty used. I was. Wow. I was. I'm pretty okay with the heat, but some people and I went to uh, Vegas not too long ago, like a couple Ooh, months ago. Okay. Vegas, you want to talk about heat? Oh man! You think like by nighttime, you know, it, you're in the middle of the desert, and it really is that. Vegas, if you like get outside the city and you look, you see mountain ranges and flat plains of like just desert. Dang. So you are in the desert. You're in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Why they chose that spot? No fucking idea. But you are in the middle of nowhere in Vegas. <laughs> so when you're in Vegas, you know, you think the nighttime is going to be very like cool. You know, you think it's going to cool down. No, you're still in triple digits. You're still in the hundreds. What? Yep. 
you're still in the hundreds. And oh then when God. the when the wind blows, you think it's gonna be like a nice breeze. It's like someone took a space heater, put a fan in front of it. There's a breeze. <laughs> that's it. Oh, that's miserable. And it was like oh, it was like shit. it was so bad because you get to the point where we were at the point where at like day two or day three, we're drinking Pedialyte. So if wow. you don't know, Pedialyte is like that. It, it retains your hydration. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it's to keep you from getting dehydrated and it brings you back from the dead. So we we were we had to make a stop at like a Target in on the old strip of Vegas and we were just throwing shit in. It was CVS, but we were throwing shit in the bag. Like uh, we were drinking Powerades all the time. We, yeah. we got like three or four gallons of water just for the couple days. We would carry those around. It, it was miserable. My uh, My roommate was dehydrated on the plane ride. What? Like by the time he got... Uh, to Vegas, like day one, he was dehydrated, like real dehydration. That's that's horrible. Miserable. No, I can't. It's I can't, miserable. I can't, and that's that 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 like that dry heat, right? No, yeah, no humidity. There's no, no humidity. moisture in the so air. Just, that's that like sucks everything it's like right out of it's like it's got its hands on your throat, Ugh. choking you. Nah, I mean, so we went in August, and they said you guys came at the wrong month. You're supposed to come here in the fall. You're supposed to come here. If you're not used to it, yeah. don't you? You got to go in the winter or the fall. I believe it, yeah. Because it's like, it's just overpowering. Like, people get dehydrated. It's dangerous because they were also telling me, we're talking to an Uber driver, yeah. and we're telling him, hey, we're not from here. So he's telling us things, and he's like, you guys got to be careful if you're drinking because it's like one drink will put you on your ass because you're going through fluids so fast oh that you're replacing God. water with alcohol, like, like Holy quick. Shit. So, yeah, you got to wow. be careful. You can't, you can't drink as much as you would here. Right. Right. And so it's things like that that people don't realize. They show up. They're here to party. You know, it's Disneyland for adults. Yep. And so they're like, fuck it. I'm going in. You go ham. And ham is a lot closer than you think. You know what I mean? <laughs> ham, is, ham is like right there. Like a shot in a drink. You're, you're oh done. Oh, my God. You're that's done. insane. Yeah. Dude. People have passed out. People have like and blacked out drunk. Yeah. And they don't know how fast or why. They think people spiked their shit. And it was just you're not used to the, the climate. Wow. So, yeah, I, I definitely... I've had my fair share of like heat, yeah, so I'm used to it. Nice, doesn't bother me at all. I'm, I'm jealous, man. I'd like, <laughs> I'd like to get used to it. You know? <laughs> right, as soon as I got back from Miami, I, I, mm. I went to, I went to go see the doctor because part of the reason for me returning was I was having some weird health issues. Right, and I was like, you know what? Like, my lease ends. I'm not gonna have anywhere to live mm. in Miami. Right, and like, I'm not 100, percent you know, health wise. Mm -hmm. So I was like, you know what? That, that was, that was part of the reason why I wanted to move back. So I came back to, to you know, because I could do anything health related. I don't want to fuck around with that shit. You know? Right. I want I want to get taken care of yep. properly, and I felt for me the best best thing to do was just to be home for that. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I went to the doctor, I told him I was like, yeah, I I would sweat so much, mm -hmm. like too much. Yeah. And right away he prescribed me with some like, like stuff for my armpits. Uh, it's not a deodorant. No, it's like a it's like a dab on type thing. Huh. Yeah. Okay. But but this shit itches. More, more than anything, <laughs> it was is horrible. I could, I, like the first night I put that shit, I could not, I couldn't sleep. I'm like, I'm, it's supposed to be that way. I don't know. Are you having a reaction? Maybe, but like I was itching my, like crazy, like cra it was horrible. Used it? Did you keep using it after that? A couple times, but, but it like, worked. Did it work at least? It, it actually, yeah, it worked. It did. So it kept you dry, but it was super fucking itchy. So itchy, like horribly itchy. Cause I've tried like shaving my armpits. Yeah, I've done that, but. You know, it's uncomfortable when the hair is growing back. Ladies, I don't know how the fuck you do it. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know how the... It's tough being a woman. I give it up oh because I could Absolutely. not do that shit once a week and then just, like, stabbing myself in the forearm or the oh. bicep. This is like, no. Nah, like, I, I, so, I tried, you know, shaving my armpit, and that actually helps. 
because you're getting more deodorant on the skin directly. Ah, so it helps. Okay. So it helps. Okay. And with this new deodorant, and I'll, I, I think you could benefit from it. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah, show you it please. because it, it actually does work. It, it's actually shockingly like improved, like my sweating, like shocking. <laughs> Cause I would have like like a big I yes. would like if I'm wearing because I'm wearing a sweater right now you guys can't see it but I would have a shirt so like when I was in sales you have to wear an undershirt well you do wear an undershirt but you have a button up yeah you got your tie and then in the winter you'd have like a sweater or something oh, okay. on yeah, yeah. I would sweat through all that oh my god I would go through the sweater like you would start seeing traces in my sweater and I'm like I I'm, I'm I lose. <laughs> Like nature, mother nature has beaten me. Biology yep. has beaten me. I can't compensate any more than that. I'm like, what do I have to do? Start taping toilet paper to my armpits? Right, exactly. Like, what do I have to do? Shamwow? Like, I'm... <laughs> Absorb this yeah. moisture, please. Whatever, whatever, whatever works. Ring my shit off in the oh, back parking no. lot on my on my break. Like, I'm like, I'm running out of ideas. So I started like shaving my armpits and even regular deodorant improved, you know, yep. once I shaved my armpits. But when I started shaving my armpits and using the new stuff, like it was tr- pretty much dry. It wow. was like very, very small, like maybe the size of a nickel or yeah, a, yeah, yeah. a quarter. Nice. Dude. And then it was like that. That was the max. Damn. So yeah, I'll I'll show you the the odor, but it works. It works. Right. So, but uh, you're you're in pretty good shape, yeah, right? Thanks, you 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 obviously take care of yourself. Yeah, I try to. Yeah. Um, how long did it take you to get to where you are? Oof. Um, that's that's a really good question because growing up, there was no. My parents were very, very strict, but in like mm-hmm. a very good way. You know, everything mm-hmm. was regimented. We have routines, like requirements, that that kind of thing. Yeah. So for the first one, obviously, was like we were required to play an instrument. I, that was yeah. no, like no discussion. That's it. Wow. That's why I started playing violin when I was six. That's another topic we're getting into. So we're going to come back to that because <laughs> I'm, I'm extremely interested in your taste in music <laughs> yeah. and all that. But go ahead. But I was such an active kid growing up. So all I wanted to do was play sports. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to run and do all that shit because I love that stuff. Yeah. And then, and that, that never, that never ended, you know? Mm-hmm. And so in high school, I think I was talking to like my brother mm-hmm. and because he, he started hitting the gym and I was like, man, look at you. Older brother? Yeah. Okay. My oldest brother, Matt, he's uh 30 now. And, and I saw him and he's like, you know what, Paul, just, just try doing this. Just try doing like pushups. Start just, there. St- literally start there. Start with like 10 pushups every night. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Okay. And I did it, and I started doing that for a couple of weeks, and then ten turned into twenty, mm-hmm. and I did—I literally did that for a year and a half, just push-ups, just push-ups, push-ups, and like crunches and like pull-ups, but all like straight core work, body work, exactly, all you, no exactly. weights, exactly for a year and a half, and just from wow. that, I was—I built like a, a foundation, and I, I noticed like changes in my body, of course, crazy, just from doing. How that. old were you at this time? I think I was—I was seventeen. Okay, I so I was like seventeen into eighteen, mm. and then. And then with that, like, I, I, I love playing football. I, I bike all the time, mm. you know, do all that kind of shit. So I was always active, and then I was adding that. And then, and then once, I, once I hit college, that's when I started to hit the weight room. And that's, that's when everything changed. Really? College? Oh, yeah. Jeez, like, because, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but they say, and this might be old, old shit, but they don't want you starting to work out too young. Is yeah. that true? I mean, I've heard that before, and you, you hear about these, like, these genetic freaks, you know, these bodybuilders, oh, I started when I was 13 years old. Yeah, right. And they're, like, at 17, they're, like, dude, I'm, like, whoa. Yes, yeah, That exactly. is aggressive. Yeah. You know, I don't know if I should be putting my body through that while... At such a young age, exactly, right? Exactly. Yeah. While everything is growing and changing and all that. So, yeah, yeah I didn't I, I didn't really know about it 
back then anyway. You were just doing what your brother told you, sit-ups, exactly. push-ups. Sit-ups, push-ups, and that worked for me. You know, and then by the time I I was in college, I was like, I wanted to hit the rate. Now, what was your diet? Did you eat like, did you eat, were you eating super healthy at that time or were you just doing the work? Um, so weirdly enough, cause you know, this whole time I've been like growing up with my parents, my mom, my mom always made us eat healthy. Mm. So I never had the, like the opportunity to like just shove shit food into right. my body. Like, mm-hmm. like consistently, you know, right. like, right. Like four, five times a week. Right. I mean, my dad was on the opposite end of the spectrum where he'd, he'd provide all the sweets, but it was like, it was controlled. <laughs> right. Know? It was like, so after dinner, we'd get like two Oreos, like growing up, <laughs> you know, that kind of shit. Yeah. I was like, damn, you know. I would slap them shits, give me the pack, <laughs> give me the whole <laughs> thing. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. So, you know, so everything, everything was controlled. So I don't think I realized it at the time, but I, I was eating, you know, like, I guess you could say healthy. You know, mm-hmm. and I wasn't, I wasn't eating a lot either. Right. So that always stayed consistent. And then, and then once I think it was my sophomore year mm. of college was when I, when I, uh, started to hit the, hit the weight room and I, I, dude, I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah. It was, it was a friend of mine who, who told me to come with him. Mm-hmm. And this is like, to this day, this is the skinniest dude I know, but this <laughs> is the guy who got me into fitness. Cause back then he was, oh my God, he was, he, he was, he was doing it. And I always thought, oh man, I gotta, I gotta get to that level. You know? Right. And then I got to that level, and then I kept going. And, dude, it's just, it, it's so, I don't know, for me, it's addicting, you know? Yeah, I think you're at that point where it is. Because, like, uh, you know, I'm getting there where I'm starting to feel like I need to be there. You know what I mean? I'm starting mm-hmm. to get that urge that if I don't go, I feel shitty. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that's where it starts, you know, becoming Absolutely. addictive. You know what I mean? You start seeing a little, you know, gains here and there. You start seeing that your work is paying off and then you're like, yes. all right, let's go even further. Mm-hmm. Let's do even more weight. Let's do even more reps. Yeah. You know, let's Absolutely. try new exercises. You start doing research, which is where I'm at now. Now mm-hmm. I'm starting to do a little bit more research on different workouts and yeah. those kind of routines. And, you know, because science is always, you know, revising things and oh changing God, yeah. it up. So there's always something new you can learn and there's always something new you can, you know, try out in the gym. Always. So, always. yeah. And like, I'm... Starting to get there, and it's like I see where the addiction can come in mm-hmm. for sure. Right, but it's not—it's not like a an addiction in, in the negative kind of way, you know. No, for of me, course. it's like it's very fulfilling. Like, right, I, I I love being in the gym. Yeah, you know, it's something I I just enjoy, and there's mm-hmm. never there's never a point in time where like I could see myself taking months at a time off because mm. that would feel worse than than going. You know? Oh yeah, you I'm, set yourself back exactly, and it's and I, I wouldn't be like. You know, the idea of losing losing what you've gained is, is horrible. Yeah, because you're investing your time and then pissing it all away. Exactly. No? But, but it's like I would, ne- I would never reach that feeling because, like, it's just something I enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's part of my life. I could I could never imagine not having it, you know? Yeah. And that's like I'm so I'm so grateful that, that I feel that way, you know? Yeah. Because, you know, the, the, you, you hear everything about how sometimes it's such a chore. It's like, oh, my God, I got to go to the fucking gym. I got to do this. And these people, they slave over it and they kill themselves. They wake up at 4.30, go to the gym at 5. I'm yeah. like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, whoa. All right, take it easy. Mm-hmm. I tried doing that. and like, That's what I did that. When I was in Florida, I did that. I was like up at oh like 4.45 because I'd work at 7. And minimum, I'm usually in the gym an hour and a half, two hours. That's just... Damn. How long I'm there. It's not to say that I'm like killing myself. Right. But, um, you know, I'm taking rest in between. You know, mm-hmm. I'm I'm going at a pace where I feel that it's it's comfortable mm-hmm. enough for me to complete the workout and do my thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm not, you know, rushing from, from set to set. And, you know, I'm giving myself a right. break and then continue. And, you know, I'm going at a good pace. And I always get 20 minutes of cardio at the end. 
that's always what I, that's just what I always done. But, um, I would have to go that early because I'd have work at seven. So I need to drive to the gym, get my workout in, do the cardio, come back, shower, eat, then get to work at seven. So four 30, I'm up and out the door. Wow. So that was what it was. And you know, the rest of the day I'm free after work, you know what right, I mean? Right. I'm free to, and especially cause I was doing this in Florida, which it was also like a coping me- mechanism for me. Because, I, you know, you miss your family, you miss your friends, right. you don't yeah, yeah. see anybody. You're, if you stay home and you just think about all that and you just dig this fucking hole of depression, it's just like, no, I can't. No. So I would, like, luckily, the because uh, I lived in, like, a gated community. Okay. So they had a gym on site. They had a pool on site. Nice. So my condo was the farthest building from the gym. So I would run to the, the, the gym. Okay, yeah. Workout. Um, I don't even, I think I did do some cardio at the gym and then I would pretty much just walk back. But the whole time, you know, I'm, I'm working towards, you know, working towards, uh, the body I want. Mm -hmm. So I was lucky in that respect, but that was my routine to cope with the fact that I'm alone out there. Yeah. And that's just like, from there that got kind of like disciplined stuck with me. Mm -hmm. And so now like I have a hard time going to the gym with people because Ah, people, I feel like I have to wait for people to, to be ready to go. You know, if I have, if I'm like, if it's three o'clock in the afternoon and I'm fucking pumped and I'm ready to go, I'm going, I'm not going to wait. And then, you know, all that, all that mojo, all that adrenaline, all that, uh, motivation is the word I'm looking for. All that's gone by the time, like my friend would be ready to go. And I'm just like, I don't feel like going anymore. And it's just like, if I, if, if, if I want to go at 11, I'll go at 11. Mm -hmm. If I want to go, even sometimes I have to go later, like six, seven o'clock, I'll do that too. But like, I don't, I don't like, you know, I like going at my own pace. I like being able to push myself and I, I it's a very solitary experience for me. Okay. Going yeah. to the gym is like just when any sport I ever did, like, uh, it was always me pushing me to do things. I didn't need anybody to push me to do those things. Yep. And I, and I'm not a guy that's like big on competition where I need to like lift more than you and right. do as many reps. And some people are like that. Some people that's motivation for people. Mm-hmm. I'm the complete opposite. Like if I see like if you and I are competing for the same thing and it's not like a, something I'm getting paid or if I'm not like competing for a trophy or something that I need to beat you at, like, just take it, bro. Exactly. <laughs> you, yeah. you, 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 you want this or we're competing over something. It's yours. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't want to like, I'm not going to push myself. I'll push myself way further than anybody else will push me. Hundred percent. And that's, that's just something I've, I learned when I was out in Florida. Yeah. I, I, dude, I couldn't agree more. Cause like for me, it's not, I'm, I'm competing against myself. Yeah. I want this for myself. Right. You know? And it, it becomes that internal, like, I'm, I'm so centered and focused on what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't care. Yeah. So that dude is benching 225 for like 12 reps. Yeah. Good for him. Fuck him. Yeah. I'm doing what I'm doing <laughs> and that's working for me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I'm not, and you, you know, it's, I am definitely my biggest uh, critic. Mm-hmm. When it comes to almost anything, when it, whether it's in the gym or if it's like doing something right. And I know even like if I know nobody's going to know I cut a corner, but me, I don't want to know I cut a corner. Mm-hmm. I want to be like, I did this as 100 percent as I could have. That was feasible. And that's what I'm going to do, yep. because at the end of the day, I'm just like, I'll, I'll, it'll itch. It'll be like, yeah, I need yeah, to yeah. fucking fix it. Mm-hmm. 100%, that's it. 100%. <laughs> so it's a lot of that that. You know, I was, I'm so grateful for my experience out there, you know, in the wild, you know, trying yeah. to like 
trying yeah. to just throw myself in and see if I can swim or not. Mm-hmm. I feel like that that gave me so many more tools in order for me to do other things. Yeah. And a lot of people don't take that chance and a lot of people don't, you know, don't understand that you don't know how much of a disservice you're doing to yourself by taking the easy route. Yes, dude. And that could be anything. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be the gym. It doesn't have to be like some kind of some kind of, you know, you don't have to move somewhere. You don't have to do these things, but you can take, you know, it's easy to take the easy road. Like that's something that, you know, most people will do if of they get course. the chance. They'll be like, why would I struggle and do this when I can do this? Exactly. And it, but you're not getting, what are you getting out of it? You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, you may be successful and, and you know, you may get the get whatever you're trying to do accomplished, but you're not really taking anything with you. You're just completing a task. Exactly. I, dude, that's exactly how I felt. Like, like this past year, I felt myself like falling into that, 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 that pit of like, it's almost like comfort and safety because this, right. this is so what I'm used to. Right. Anything else is just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's I mean, it, it's scary, but it, it should be because it's right. like, it's, it's that new. unknown. It's mm-hmm. new. Like, and that's that, that again, that's why I, I like, I had to move to Miami. Mm-hmm. You know, there was an opportunity like staring me in the face Yep. and I was so comfortable. Like the job I'm doing now, it's. You know, it's it's a job. It's exactly, mm-hmm. it's a job, and I have to do it. Yeah, but it's not. There's nothing. It's gonna go nowhere. You know, it's one of those <laughs> flatline plateau type jobs right. where I'm like, I'm never gonna get anywhere with it. It's not what I went to school for, mm-hmm. and but I mean, I don't mind working there. I love the people I work with. That kind of deal. That's a big and, piece of it, you and know? it is. But also that that brings me back into like just comfort, comfort, and mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, yeah, you know, no, I won't do that. I, I, I'm okay with where I'm at. Yeah, yeah, and it's very easy to get complacent. You know what yes. I mean? It's very easy. And if you're that person that, like me, I've changed my job so many fucking times. I don't know. It, it, it's just, I need that. I get bored. You know what I mean? Yes. I get bored. And yes. it could be it could be a job. It could be, you know, where I live. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, it, it just, I hate being bored. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, not everything in life is going to be fun, right? Right. Sometimes you have to do shit you don't want to do. There's always struggle. But why wouldn't I have fun as much as I can? <laughs> you know, why would I yes. have to hate my job? Yes. If I'm going to be spending eight to ten hours in this place, five days a week, six days a week, some people even longer, mm-hmm. why would it become monotonous? Why would I want to do that to myself? Oh, my God. Exactly. It's just like I and maybe that's why I changed my job so much. Mm-hmm. Like I'm like, all right, I'm done with this. I need to do something completely new, completely fresh. Mm-hmm. And I think... You know, I've figured out that I need something, a job that's very dynamic in the first place. You know, something that's going to be a very big mixed bag of tasks to complete. And that way, you know, even if it's not the job of my dreams, at least I'm not miserably, you know, going to hang myself. You know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not fucking (laughs) bored out of my mind. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? At least it's going to mix it up a little bit. I might not know what I get. You know, it's, it keeps it fun. Totally. I mean, even though, you know, I might not love what I do, at least I'm entertained. Yes. And, you know, there's a, there's plenty of things in life that you're going to do that are not fun. Why would I strap myself down and be waterboarded eight to ten hours a day? I can't. I, I just can't do that. Right. You have to control your level of misery to, mm-hmm. to, to some point. Yeah. But, like, so when I, like, I play violin. That's my thing. Mm-hmm. Part of my, like, the whole, my whole, like, in the whole course of my life, like, I've been, like, that same way. It's like, uh, where where is, like, happiness compared to, like, your life, right? Mm-hmm. And like, what you're doing in your life to get to that point of happiness? Like, what, 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 what is, what is that for you? So mm-hmm. for me, that's that was like that was part of my decision 
like because I love music mm-hmm. and playing it playing the violin is the most fulfilling rewarding thing ever that's why I, I, I was so I, I studied at Berkeley College of Music in Boston mm-hmm. and it's like I think part of my brain knew coming out of there I like I wasn't going to have like that steady job because mm-hmm. like the music industry is that's forget about it if you're going in there bro you gotta know you're gonna get fucked yeah that's that's just part of it yeah. that's part of it but like I, I came to grips with that and, and i'm okay with that because mm-hmm. like the work that i do do is just it's it feels so fucking good yeah it's and fulfilling. Like, i have friends they they you know who go to you know go to these these big schools and they get that job mm-hmm. right out of college and yeah. that is their life yeah. That is it. They're going to slave over this fucking job for the next 10 to 15 years. Yeah. And that's it. You know? And I looked at and and I, I just, I couldn't do that, man. Yeah. I no. don't care. I, like, I might, sometimes, I like, financially, I might, it, it's like. It's up and down. It's up and down. Mm-hmm. But that's okay. Because I am at that level of happiness where it's like, I love what I'm fucking doing right yeah. now. Yeah. And I, it, it's it's great for me and it makes me happy. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't have it any other way. Right. You know? Like. My, like I know people like my dad, for instance. Mm-hmm. You know he he's um, technology, computers, networking, yep. that kind of shit. Yep. And he's like he's got the mind for it. That's what he does. That's what he does. Yeah. But like to see how much this man stresses mm-hmm. over like everything, and it's like, I mean, I'm one of five kids. Oh, yeah. So so this fucking guy he did. You got it. It's part of that's your yeah. fault. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I take what uh, I take twenty percent of the blame. Okay. <laughs> Hundred percent. No, that's fine. Uh, I'll accept that. But, but it, it's like, it's like, damn. I, I I don't know. It's like I could never. I could never. That could. I could never do that, dude. Yeah. Never. My parents were like that. You know, they didn't take the like. My dad eventually found his way, but he was supposed to be like a mathematician. Okay. He graduated with a with a math degree, and he was supposed to be you know a teacher and all that shit. Yeah. And then he saw like he's like you know. This is like back in the 80s, I want to say. So he's, you know, kids were a little different back then. I would say now he'd be way more miserable (laughs) teaching than he would have been in the 80s. But even then, he knew right away. He's like, I don't want to fucking deal with these kids. Like high school kids. I don't want to fucking be teaching high school kids. And they're like, they don't listen. And they're they're assholes. And they talk back. And he's like, my dad's like, not about that. So he eventually, he found like this place because he's an artist too. So he, he, he found this place that he always, you know, he always drew, he always painted, he always was that guy. So he eventually found a place where he could do that involving computers. So what he would do back in the day, they had like, you know, t-shirts, they have print on them and shit like that. So he was basically doing that and making art on the computer and then putting them and transposing them onto shirts. That's awesome. So it's it was like a perfect balance yeah. for him because he loved, uh, you know, he loves art, and it was some it was like something that you know he could still do today. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? He can still, which he is, except his is a little less uh, artistic. He's putting like um, labels and making sure they line up and being able to put yeah. them on like packaging. Right now, he's doing medical label so he'll take that label put it on plastic and it has to be correct and there's a lot to it yeah, 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 it's yeah, very okay. complicated but he found something that made him happy and made him money but he didn't give up on it right he yes. saw like even though he did invest in math and being a teacher and doing all that he saw where that would lead and he's like fuck that mm-hmm. i'm gonna do something else and he yeah it may have you know 
taken him a little bit more time, a little bit more effort, yep. or you know, a little bit more struggle. But it goes to show like how much just a little bit more effort can get you. Exactly. So you can you can tie yourself down to what's safe. You can do that, mm-hmm. you know, and you can live your whole life that way. But is it a life worth living? Is it a life that's mm-hmm. fulfilling? Is it something you can look back on and say, I don't regret anything? Yeah. Who knows? Exactly. Dude, exactly. Who knows? And that's why I was like, you know, I, you know, I changed my job so many times because I just wasn't, yeah. it wasn't that fulfilling feeling. Mm-hmm. And I'm not an artist, you know, I'm not, I'm not somebody who has that artistic, this is as artistic as I get in, in cooking. Yeah. Like those are the two <laughs> things that I, that's as artistic as I get, which there are in their own right. right you know what I mean? But yeah. It's not the traditional sense. Like my sister lucked out with that art gene shit. Yep. Like she was a she was a big painter and stuff like that growing up too, and she always was that way. Nice. For some reason, I just never tapped into that as a kid. But I I feel like now I just had a different route. Mm-hmm. You know Definitely. what I mean? And you so, but when did you know that you were gonna be you wanted to do violin and you wanted that to be your life? Ooh, that's a good question. Cause growing up, sometimes sometimes I hated it. I won't lie. And in, in those like early years, because I, I wasn't sure where I was going. Mm-hmm. I could feel myself getting better and progressing throughout everything. Right. But there was a part of me that was like, you know what? I don't find this. I don't like this. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm kind of bored. And practicing was like a chore. Oh, early on, I fucking hated that. <laughs> and my parents knew it and they knew it. And they, you know, they get on my ass. <laughs> yeah. Like I got in trouble once for reading a book because I hadn't practiced. <laughs> That's... That was it. You know, that's how insane. Instead of learn, instead of practicing, yeah. you're reading a book, and that's never, like never mind like video games or any of that shit, bro. I didn't even know right. those existed until I was like 14. Gee, smart. So, I guess that's smart on your parents' part, because then you have yeah. nothing to, to yeah. preoccupy your mind with. You're not itching to do anything else. But I was so sad. He took my book and like threw it down the stairs, and I was like, no. And then I practiced the violin. For I don't two know hours. what page I was on. <laughs> Damn, I would never been yeah. punished for reading. Oh. <laughs> that's a first it was horrible it was horrible but I think I think I knew sophomore year of high school no okay. yeah cause like I got in when I, when I went to the high school cause like I knew I knew I was pretty good at violin by that time by that time yeah how long were you playing before then like when did you start when I was six so jeez so yeah it'd been over a decade wow and I, and I came into high school and I went to I went to Timberlane in Plasto okay and they have a big, they're big on music and the arts and all that shit. Mm-hmm. So I knew when I came in there and I was, you know, I was kicking ass, you know, mm-hmm. and I knew, okay, I'm, I'm half decent and I know, I, I know maybe I could do this. And my parents, they're so supportive and they knew they're like, Paul, whatever you want to do, you know, and they, they always made me aware of like what I, what I've been doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if that makes sense, but they, they always like, Paul, you know what? You, you, you have this gift, you play the violin. Mm-hmm. You know, don't lose that. Don't forget that and understand, like, we're here for you if wherever you want to take that. Right. If you don't, fine, wherever you want to go. Mm-hmm. And then um, my mom, she, without me knowing, she signed me up for this um, this violin master course program. Okay. Two weeks up in um, the Adirondack Mountains in New York. Wow. So this um, professor, he teaches at uh, University of North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And he he does this program every year where he invites like eight or nine, you know, young violinists from all around the world mm-hmm. to to study with him. And my mom signed me up, and I had just graduated high school, and I was like, I'm getting ready for college. I don't, I don't what is this? You know, right. I'd done these other music camps before, and they were amazing, and I loved them. Mm-hmm. You know, but then I, but then this one was was different, and I went, and it was amazing. It was like 
It was so incredible. We'd, we'd wake up at eight mm -hmm. and we'd practice for four hours. Till lunchtime, pretty much. Till, exactly, till mm -hmm. lunchtime. And, and then every other day we'd have a lesson with this guy and he'd invite other artists over. We'd do like, like a masterclass setting. So mm -hmm. like we'd all perform in front of each other. And then like you get to know these people for two weeks, like so well. I mean, I feel like that's something that you're putting yourself out there in front of these people. You There's nothing else but to be friends with them. Oh, yeah. It's kind of inevitable. <laughs> it's also very intimidating. I bet. Because I felt like, oof, oh my God, you know, this is, this is like, these are the best of the best. And I was like, but it was so like, everybody was so supportive. And in that moment, I knew like, it felt so good doing that. Mm -hmm. And I, I just, I felt myself like learning so much and it was, it was all like, Everything. You knew it was your call. Is that yeah. when you say you, you would knew you knew it was your calling? Yeah, and it, it just everything kind of just like fell into place because I'd already this is this is after I'd already auditioned, applied for Berkeley, and knew I was going there. Okay, but I hadn't I didn't really know like what was going on. Mm -hmm. You know, I was like it was still up in the air. It's still up in the air. Gotcha. I was like because like I don't know. I was I love like playing the violin. That's exactly that's how I knew that I wanted to keep like performing. Mm -hmm. And it was just I did, and then I did it again. I went back and I did uh, I did the master course program like the year after the next summer, just because like oh my god it was so I don't know, I don't know how to, uh, yeah you know it was just like <laughs> I was so immersed you know right in, in just it was literally just violin mm -hmm. and plus we're up in the mountains of New York there is no cell service there is nothing this nothing like, to distract you completely isolated you know I had no yeah. contact well you could walk like forty five minutes to like the little town. Mm -hmm. like the closest town and like if like the town hall had like wi-fi if you, mm -hmm. you know so i do that like i think i did like once to email my parents or some shit <laughs> but that was it you know there was no contact and it was like it was just it was so incredible and then coming to berkeley i don't know i it, it was hard because berkeley's it's it's not known for its like string players okay know? but it, everything was like growing in the string department and all that growing and then i, I was like I was studying like private lessons violin and I was doing like all these like orchestra and other shit. And mm -hmm. then, and then I felt like I wasn't getting enough out of it. You know, I was like, I love playing, but like I, I have that, um, I have this essential tremor. So I realized <laughs> then everything, yeah, everything kind of shifted a little. And I was like, man, this is like, I get nervous. My hands shake. Mm -hmm. I sweat like a motherfucker. So when my hands get clammy and I'm trying to play, my fingers... You're not as accurate. You're not as crisp. Exactly. Yeah. Everything starts kind of like tripping over each other. I'd get stuck trying to like shift and move my hand. And wow. I, I was, I, I was, um, I did this, I took this one class with um, this professor, Livingston Taylor, who's James Taylor's brother. Okay. And he talks about the art of performing. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like you have to, how you, how to reach your audience, how to like project, how mm -hmm. to create, you know, like the focus, the attention. Right. And every, every person, every student who, who was in the class had to perform for everybody because he wanted to see, you know, your stage presence, how, how you do it. And I got up there, man, and it was like, it was almost like I forgot how to play. It was like, it was horrible. <laughs> that stressful, that, that yes. anxiety. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then I realized like, man, this is, this is tough. I'm not, that, I'm not that solo artist. I just. You feel like you perform better in a group exactly. or is that something that made you realize that? Or was that something that you had to figure out? Is that like when you yeah. realized? That's when I that's when I really realized it. But like I, I, I was kind of figuring it out along the way. Okay. And seeing like just how, because, I mean everybody gets nervous. Of course. But I just felt like sometimes everything was so amplified to like this next level, mm -hmm. you know. And I had a taste of it when I studied with this other professor, 
uh, Aaron Roseanne. Mm-hmm. He, 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 he died a, a couple of years ago, but he teaches at the Curtis Institute of Music in Pennsylvania. Now, this is like, this is like the premier, like... Top tier. Oh, yeah. Like, if you get in, it's tuition free. Wow. If you get in. Right. You know, and they accept like... But you got to have the talent to get in. They accept like 5% or 3%. Of, of the applicants? Yeah. Wow. So like, you have to be like, yeah. You have and to be up there, obviously. So, and then, I don't know, part of that, the one t- so the first time I, I, I played for him in that same masterclass setting, right? where it's like all your peers are around you, mm. you know, and it's just, you, oh my God, that was the worst shit ever. <laughs> Bro, I sucked so bad. And my, I couldn't, because like, to play the violin, you, you, you drag the bow across the strings, right? Mm-hmm. My bow hand was shaking so bad. It was like you're creating tremors in yes. the, in the sound. Literally, exactly. <laughs> and it was like I had to stop. And I, I'm like, I, I look at him. I'm like, listen, I'm so sorry. Yeah. I'm just really nervous, you know. So it was a lot of those like similar events leading up to everything. Mm-hmm. But I love performing, just not solo. But I love recording myself as like a solo artist. Mm-hmm. I love doing all that because obviously when you're in a studio and, and all that, there's no there's no pressure. Right. I can do as many takes as I got it, you know? Mm-hmm. I can get this perfect and so I love doing that shit. But there was one moment or a couple moments at Berkeley when I knew like this is this is what I want to do with my life. This, mm-hmm. there's nothing better than this. Yeah. Um I don't know if you've heard of this artist Jacob Collier. He's I like, have not. He's he's one of oh my god, he's incre- he's a literal musical genius. He's from London. Um he came over to work with um work with this guy at MIT because they were they were like the feud fusing like music and technology to create all this shit. I can't explain it because like if I try to explain it I'll sound like a dumbass <laughs> like like I'd have to go look it up and everything but like he's already won like I don't know like four or five or, no he's like, a bunch of Grammys already this dude is just he's unreal and there was a moment like where he created this ensemble to like he was um we get he was getting ready to release like one of his first albums mm-hmm. and we were like premiering it live as a live show wow. at MIT. Wow. And like to over 200 musicians on stage at once. And bro, when I tell you, there was a moment when we were playing, it sounded like so fucking good. Like that, all I could, all I could use to say to it was, was like that joy. It was like, mm-hmm. this sounds... It emanated that. It yeah. perfectly did. I yeah. literally, there was one point when we were rehearsing, I, I just thought, just, it, it sounded so fucking good. Everything all at once, because his mind understands how every fucking thing moves, and and, and is created. And can he can create harmony? Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, I was like blown away. He has like he has the choir in the back, mm-hmm. like think like 30, 30 singers. Okay. Full big band, drummer like all all yep. that, full orchestra, like you know so like thirty violins, you know like ten cellos, violas, bass, mm-hmm. and that, and then him, his his own thing. He plays. Dude, he does everything. Literally, he does everything. And then he has his own personal band. So his own bassist, drummer, guitar. That roll with him wherever yeah. he goes. So it's like all these, all these fucking Hand-picked, parts. Handpicked, yeah. Yeah, and it's, and it was just, it was like so much, and it's just like. It's almost like a hive mind. Yeah. You know what I mean? You have one person transposing their thoughts on everybody else. Everybody knows what their their role is, and they execute it the way he sees it being Dude, executed. Dude, literally. And that's there's I I, I can only imagine. What you hear, but I honestly I don't know the first thing about it. You know, I, I like I would have to like even uh, a friend of ours, Alex. He he uh, he tells me that he's obviously heard you play. Yeah. Right. And he was telling me, you know, how pure and how clear 
the sound of a violin is. It yeah. really is. It's so organic and so mm, yeah. so powerful that you can't, you just, if you've never heard it, you just don't understand. It's one thing to hear something through a pair of headphones. It's another thing to yes. feel the vibration of an instrument in your Absolutely. presence. It shifts everything. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like, you know, you, you know, I've been to like uh, high school concerts and shit like that. And yeah, you get an idea, but yeah. it's not, it's not the, uh, first of all, the, the, it's the grade of it. It's not like that top tier grade of sound. You know what I mean? There's oh, yeah. imperfections. There's, and what you're talking about is years of striving to be perfect, essentially, because mm-hmm. if you're not perfect, you don't stand out. And it's, you know, it's a culmination of what you've put into your craft. Absolutely. And if you don't have all that, that's only, it's like wine. Wine tastes like shit when you make it. But after a few years, it's like, you know, $1,000 a bottle. (laughs) And it's like, you're you're getting fucked up. (laughs) You know know what I mean? That's right. This shit is so good, it fucks you up. That's right. So it's, it's, it's that kind of stuff that I haven't been exposed to yet. Yeah. Dude, it's, it was just. It's that experience, man. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm so glad I, I do what I do. Mm-hmm. You know? Right now, it, it might not be like my main career. Right. Obviously, I, I work a 9 to 5. Well, 7 to 3.30. But, you know, it's a, it's that kind of job. But I'm okay with that because like, I'm still doing this shit. You know? Right. Again, that's why I moved to Miami. Right. Like when I was in Miami, I had this dope gig. Oh, my God. I can't really talk too much about it because I had to sign an NDA. Okay. Before everything's released, but mm-hmm. I, I got to I got to work with this guy Danny Ocean, who's huge in like the like the Latin the Latin music industry down there. Like one of his, he just got one of the Spotify awards because one of his songs on Spotify hit a billion streams. Jesus. So it's it's like, and he's, he's such a cool guy, and we, you know, we did we did a thing. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to share it, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> how long until he puts it out like himself? He has to release it, or yeah. or is it more like it's in the works? Is like a piece of a greater piece of work something like that yeah sort of gotcha yeah. gotcha yeah a little of both of say that. no more say, say no, no more, more. <laughs> you know, you know it's something like that but like just do it like i was like oh my god this is fucking awesome mm-hmm. you know shit sounds amazing and like so there's, there's, there's those moments when when i'm like <laughs> i'm performing with with either people or by myself or shit and I'm right just, i'm just like damn I sound really fucking good right now. You know? <laughs> you know that? <laughs> not to be like a, an arrogant asshole or anything, no but it's just like no it's like oh shit i mean that's like if anybody if like that's the thing. You can be your hardest critic. You know what I mean. And I think oh. like when you fuck up, you know you fucked up, and 100%. you don't let yourself forget it. It'll it'll eat you alive way after the events passed. Yeah. I'm I was like that with sports. Uh, if I if I knew, it's almost like you're seeing things. You're like watching a replay in your head of what you did, and you know you're like you can like. There's a reason why coaches do it with their players. Like they'll watch a whole game and they're like, all right. Here you see this, this, and this. This is what you missed. This is how we gotta we gotta change that. We gotta practice this and do this. I treated it the same way. Like yep. in my own head, I had this movie reel that I'm like, yes. I know I saw him here. I should have passed the ball to him. I should have taken <laughs> it myself and ran. I should have done a dribble here. I should have took a shot there. I should have you know I should have had more confidence here. I shouldn't have passed the ball to this person there because I know they're gonna fuck it up. Like things like that. Oh like God, would yeah. play through my head and I would be so hard on myself, but you don't improve unless you're that guy. Exactly. You don't get to that level of professionalism and talent if you're not that guy. Exactly. And and I do not, like, you know, people, there are people in different businesses, like there are musicians that are better than you. And there are, there are athletes that are better than you. But 
you can take what they have to say and, you know, use what you can from their advice. But the one that you know, if you if you're really in touch with your skills and abilities, you know that you are the person that you're going to look to when it comes to criticism. Always, dude. And I'm, I'm the same way both with music and fitness. Mm-hmm. You know, like when, um, when when the corona thing all started, I lost like 20 pounds. Like in that first like three... Most people gain 20 pounds. Yeah. And then, <laughs> I was like, what is going on? I literally lost 20 pounds in those first three months of like the whole quarantine shit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I wasn't eating as much. I couldn't go to the gym. So I was like running, doing all sorts of cardio as much as I could. Mm-hmm. So obviously it, it was natural. But to me, I, that was upsetting. I was like, oh shit! I mean, I still felt like I, I looked okay, and, and I was, you know, I was, I was healthy. Right. But a part of me was upset. And then, like in Miami, I was, I was recording some background strings for my roommate because she's an amazing, this amazing fucking producer. Oh my god, mm-hmm. she's so talented, and she's working with like incredible artists down there. Wow. But we did this one take, and I was like, I was like fucking pissed. I was like, Ugh. one of the like I missed a note, mm-hmm. and the, so the intonation was already off. And then like there was one point where I like twisting my bow just a little bit so part of the tone was a little intonation explain that cause... oh intonation is like the pitch of the note oh okay okay so exactly how in tune it is you know oh okay okay yeah, yeah that, that makes sense now that you say and that. i was like the take ended i was pissed and she's like oh my god that was so fucking good and i was like she didn't notice yeah and i was yeah. like no 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 i want to do that like nine more times <laughs> fuck that one i want you to throw that out yeah. right now you know, i never want to hear that ever again yeah you know that kind of shit but mm-hmm. it's like I also use it as, like, motivation, you know? Because if I hear myself not... Like, if I hear something, it's not up to par mm-hmm. to what I expect from myself. Yeah. It's like, all right, I can be better. Let's, you know, right. let's do this shit. You know, yeah. let's do it again. Let's improve, see how I can make shit better, and let's go from there. Because, like, that's the most important thing to me is, like, I will... Oh, I, I always have more to learn, and I know I can always reach... A, a higher level. A higher level, Exactly. Do you are you ever satisfied with a oh, performance? Oh, yeah. oh, absolutely. Yeah. Definitely. Do you give yourself that leeway to be like that was good. I'm I'm okay with that. Yeah. And yeah, for for a bit. Mm-hmm. And then I'll listen to it back or something and I'll be like, okay, well I could have done that a little. Or the, I could have done that. Oh yeah. But overall, you can was, pick you can yeah. pick but there's that's the fine line, you know what I mean? There's a line between picking yourself apart and you know n- like, you know, you know that you're reaching a standard that you owe yourself. Exactly. You can always pick yourself apart. Always, and it's 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 inevitable, and it'll never stop. No, know? it never does. That 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 level of satisfaction is always marred by the the, the possibility of like ah, oh, I could have done that just a little bit better. Yeah, you know? it's yeah, like, yep, just a little bit. But at the same time, I, I I'm so I'm so fulfilled by by the work I do. You know, it's just something about it. I mean, I can't. You know, I and that's where I hope to go with with the EMT. Uh, stuff that I'm doing now, yes. yep. but it's 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 something that I know. Like this is kind of like doing this is that kind of fulfillment for me. Mm-hmm. Like doing this podcast and yeah. and being able to speak to people and this would be the coolest job ever. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I just set shit up with people. They come in, we have a good time, we talk, and just put the message out to the world. But those are all things that you know. And I feel like you're taking the right approach because some people just they don't want to do anything but what they're doing. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you have to have a balance of, yes, I need to pay the bills and I need to work and do other things, yep. but never stop working on your craft. And that's kind of like the key to the balance, Absolutely. to the balance of it. You have to always keep what you love close because the minute you let go of that, what else, well, what else is there? 
Exactly. What else are you gonna do with your life? You're not. You're gonna. You're gonna end up falling into this pit of regret. You know, because you didn't pursue something you thought you even even if you have like the smallest chance, if it's something that is nagging in the back of your head and it won't go away, there's uh-huh. something to it. Yep. You know what I mean? There's something there. It, and it may not be even something that you it's it may not be the way you envisioned it happening. Right. It right. may be like, you know, I may like to do this, but let's say a radio job comes around and all of a sudden I'm doing radio versus like a podcast. Mm-hmm. It may be a different route than I expected but it's still in that area that I feel I would enjoy. You know what I mean? Or And it's just like you got to be flexible with your dreams Mm -hmm. because it's not always make or break. You know what I mean? It's not like just because you didn't reach this point that you had in mind, there are so many different avenues with those skills that you attained. You just may end up in another place that maybe even might be something you enjoy even more than what you thought. Absolutely. And you may even feel more satisfaction out of, another route that you took versus the one that you had in mind for yourself but that's when people break and give up you know what i mean they give up on their dreams because they feel like they didn't hit that one spot they needed to Mm -hmm. and they never give themselves a chance to find out any other routes and then you know then you're stuck doing shit you hate yep exactly and it's like oh the idea of like giving up forfeiting just calling it quits that's so easy man very easy it's so easy Mm-hmm. And, and, and like what you're trying to achieve it, it's never easy you know? right there, there's work mm-hmm. work effort you know yep so like if you're giving maximum effort dude it's you don't have to worry about regret you know because not everything is going to go the way you planned mm-hmm. and a big thing to me is like i always like to think everything happens for a particular reason no matter how small mm-hmm. you know and maybe maybe it's it, it's cheesy or, or whatever but it's like i can't i can't look back and feel regret and like depressed or, or any, any of that because like the way shit happened, you know, it happened. Mm-hmm. That's how it happened. I know I am working for what I want and what makes me happy. In this case, like I'm working out every day. I love fitness. Mm-hmm. I love playing the violin and my music. And as long as I keep working on those two, I'm going to be happy. Right. Know? So I got I to gotta push everything else aside and just keep doing that because that, that's how I... You know, that's how I feel fulfilled. Yeah, and you and you made up. You brought up a good point that the finances might not be as consistent as you'd like them to be. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, you you there is a priority, you know, to an certain extent that you have to have money. You know what I mean? That is a priority for all human beings in order to survive. Mm-hmm. It's something you need. But I think people make the mistake of prioritizing that and giving up the rest. You know, whether it's family time, your friends, or whether it's performing a craft that gives you purpose, they'll give that all up for the currency and find out later on that currency isn't what is, should be the drive to Mm -hmm. to what your life is. Oh my God. Dude, yes. I watched this movie the other day. Um, I think... Yes, with Denzel Washington called Deja Vu. I don't know if you Yeah, hell it. yeah. That's an older one. But that's yeah. an older one, yeah. Yeah. But there's a line in that movie, and it's like, I literally had to pause the movie because that shit was so... It just hit. It just hit. <laughs> and it, 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 the, I think it's like, we lose everything eventually. I think Absolutely. maybe it was like more like, everything we love, we lose. Mm-hmm. But like, when you stop and think about it, it's like, whoa, holy shit. Mm-hmm. Literally, we lose everything everything you know so it's like it's like now yep right now sorry about that (laughs) (laughs) but like you know it's all good (laughs) 
<laughs> but you know, you, you get what I'm saying. It's like, right. I can't, I can't, I got, can't think about anything else right now mm-hmm. except right now. Right. You know, it's like we lose everything, and it's like it's like so true. It doesn't matter how you know, people die. We, you know, shit happens. Mm-hmm. Like life is life. It'll know? get taken away faster than you can recognize that it's it's a beautiful thing in the mm-hmm. first place. You know what I mean? Sometimes you won't, and that you know that cliche. Uh, you. You know, you don't know what you got till it's gone. Exactly. That's dude. really, it's, it's, it's true. It's such a cliche, but like, yeah. like we don't really, like those things we don't really think about. It. It's like, oh yeah, oh yeah, whatever. That's, right. You know, and mm-hmm. then once it's like, oh yeah, once it's in front of your face and you actually have to deal with it. Right. Totally different. Right. And that's, that's. <laughs> yeah. Cheers, man. <laughs> I was going to say, we're going to do a shot. Yeah. So we'll cheer on that one, but uh, I'll set it up. But, um. I think a lot of people don't cherish the talents that they have mm-hmm. and don't pursue them. I mean, you don't have to make a career out of it. Exactly. But it, it has to have some sort of you have to have you have to let it anchor you in 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 life. Right. Because things will there are more things in this world that will take away your happiness than give you happiness. Oh yeah. I feel like I have no choice when it comes to the things that make me unhappy. It's it could be anything, mm-hmm. but it's going to come. You know what I mean? Life is going to throw those things in front of you, whether you're ready or not, and whether you want them to happen or not. Yeah. And But we do have a choice when it comes to things that make us happy. Yes. We do have a choice to do the things that give us a little bit more steam to get through a shitty day. You know what I mean? Whether it's like some people love to work. Some people will work 80 hours a week, 70 mm-hmm. hours, 60 hours a week. But... You can, like me, I know when five o'clock rolls around or when, you know, my time to work is done, I'm leaving it right there and I'm going to do what makes me happy mm-hmm. because that can be the, that can be the offset to having a miserable job exactly. that can, that can get you through a part of your life that you feel is such a drag that you, you know, you, you just, you hate, you hate your life yeah. and to hold on to something that makes you happy is so crucial because there are so many things that can take it away. And I don't think people prioritize that enough. Mm-hmm. I think it's people are, people are, they choose the route that, yeah, on paper looks good, but you're miserable half the time or all of the time. And it's just like, yeah. dude, like, that's when life becomes unenjoyable and bland and so, ugh. Like, like I wish, I wish that I played an instrument. My dad just picked up guitar. Nice. So oh, yeah. it's something that he'll do for like three, four hours after he gets out of work. He just sits there and makes mistakes and he'll just sit there and play and play and play and play. And he'll send me videos of him learning songs and playing and playing and playing. Mm-hmm. But that's his escape. As an artist, that's what he needs. He yeah. needs that to live. He needs the artistry, whether it's painting, drawing. And I'll show you some of the work he's done. But it, whether it's like painting or drawing or playing music, it's something that it's a release for him. He do, he sits in front of a computer all day. He doesn't hate his job. Right. But it's not as artistic as he, what he's done in the past. So he's just moved that into another facet that he can he can tap into whenever he feels mm-hmm. like it. And mm-hmm. if you don't hold on to those things, you know, it's it's tough. It is. Life becomes way more harder. Oof, yeah. And I, I like to break it down even smaller. Like, 
bro, I, I, I consider myself a very happy person. Mm-hmm. And I like to show that even when I'm, like, meeting somebody. Right. You know? So when I meet I'm like, hey, what's going on? What's going on, man? I'm Paul. So great to meet you. And I'm, like, <laughs> I'm smiling. I'm so happy and I'm genuine. Yeah. And then I see it reflected back in, in certain people. And it's like some people are like, oh, hey, how's it going? Mm-hmm. You know? And you can tell. It's like, you know what? They're dealing with their own shit. They're out of shit. You never I, know. Exactly. You never know. But I'm never not going to be that guy to be all, you right. know, like overjoyed to see people. You know? Right. You could make that difference. You know what I mean? If someone meet like, I mean, we hit it off great. Hell yeah. You know, we believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, we have known each other for a couple months, maybe. Pops. <laughs> like it has not been like, it probably, say, it probably comes across like we've been friends for years. It but feels like it. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> but it's, it's a very like genuine connection because like I'm, I'm not always the happiest person in the world, but I'm also, you know, I can recognize when someone's extending that olive branch or being who they are, regardless of, you know, it takes a lot for you to put yourself out the way you yes. do. And whether you got that from music, whether you got that from, you know, just your upbringing, whatever the case is, you know, it takes a lot to put yourself out there the way you are. Exactly. And to have somebody you don't know easily be able to reject that is a constant it, it can be a, a constant fear absolutely you know what i mean oh and it's God, all yeah. about like if that person's going to receive you well mm-hmm. you know if that person's going to find you you know dislikable for some reason or annoying or whatever the case is you know you don't know you're yeah, putting yourself you out there and yeah. that's something that's a quality that i think a lot of people don't do because they're afraid of getting rejected absolutely and rejection is just part of life rejection yeah. is what it is like you we all have to deal with rejection like it's a part yeah. of life it's a reality and people like to numb that. Of course. But there's so much you can get from it uh-huh. that you're just doing yourself harm by yeah. not accepting rejection or not paying attention to rejection. Definitely. You know, it's it's just like I commend you for that because being a musician in, in particular is very like it's putting your talent on display. Mm-hmm. And people don't appreciate art. People don't understand art. People don't understand what it takes and they'll just say whatever they think because yeah. they don't understand how it goes. Yeah. They don't understand how many hours, how many, how much sacrifice it takes to create, even if it's music, whether it's music or, or some other form of art. But Absolutely. people aren't sympathetic to that. And I, you know, and the reason I am is because I watch my dad do it and I watch my sister do it. Yeah. So they were, you know, I may not have been artistic growing up. They were. So I grew up around art. So I, I, I am definitely sympathetic towards that notion. If you can get away with that, doing that for your life, ah, shit, you're, 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 you're living a dream that a lot of people don't even get to realize, never mind pursue and attain. Yes. You know what I mean? And Absolutely. it's really more about, you know, I commend you for that because it's, it's something that takes a lot of, you know, you have to have that security within yourself. But yep. people who, you know prioritize money and progress and all that over anything you know some of them don't understand Mm -hmm. and i don't know i'll cheer to that though i'll cheer to that absolutely yes sir oh yeah oh yeah oh that's good stuff oh tequila oh yeah baby that that hits (laughs) Well, this is the first time I've ever drank and done a podcast. Nice. So you are you are right there, man. You are in the top top I'm, tier I'm top honored. tier guest. I'm honored, dude. Thank and, you. And uh, this is the only the second guest I've been able to have. I mean, obviously, I can't invite everybody on here. You right, know what right. I mean? I can't be in person, especially with coronavirus. You know, it. one day I hope to like if this ever takes off and becomes a thing. My plan is to like 
get like a comment like a studio like just a place that i can rent out yes. and just have people come there you mm-hmm. know what i mean and that way i don't have to have them drive all the way up to new hampshire and they can just do their thing but that was that was something i was thinking about like it would be cool if i could have like a studio where people can just come in you know like i have a mini fridge you know there's beer or whatever oh, in there yeah. people can come in you know get comfortable plenty of space you know um and that would be that's that's probably like my ultimate goal something that that would be my job like just a place i rent out show up every morning oh, you don't have like two or three guests a day and just just do that all day and then go home just edit shit and call it a day dude that's that would be a dream job that would be that my would be dream cool. job but that's something that you know i got to work on obviously and mm-hmm. you know going back to it like the bills don't stop coming so never dude never it's just one of those things it's one of those things but hey you know it's part of life you know so for sure keep chugging man that's why they have alcohol too, you know <laughs> in those times where it's like oh fuck <laughs> just get a big fat bottle of tequila and it'll help you know what is your uh so i'm really fascinated by your taste in music your brothers also have a yes. pretty big taste in music mm-hmm. too right mm-hmm. we, we grew up all classical all classical like see yeah classical is something like i found Classical music is something I found when I was 12 years old. And you know what got me into like classical music? I've I feel like I've always been into music always. Always music has been around my entire life, especially in the uh it, well, in my case the Latino culture is very big on music. Mm-hmm. But I feel like every culture is big on music. Music is a worldwide yeah. thing that everybody needs. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't imagine, I don't think anybody could imagine life without music. Oh, no. It, it baffles me people that hate music or uh-huh. don't listen to music or just well, cut it out. I don't understand. Exactly. Like For me, it's that direct connection to like literally every emotion. Right. You know? And that's, it's so important to me because that's... And like, for example, me, I was like, at, at a point in my life, I my emotions didn't exist really. Yeah. Like they were very bottled up very uh disconnected from who i was mm-hmm. so there have been times when music has unlocked those hinges a little bit and allowed emotion to spill out when i couldn't tap into it on my own that's something that music provides like even now like i'll listen to a song that conveys that that gives me such emotion that i don't even i it, it, there's no other tool that i could have thought of for that to right. to, to to happen so for me, I don't understand when people say they don't care about music or they don't love music. Yeah. When it transcends generations and it transcends boundaries, it just it it is like this 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 vehicle that can just shoot you wherever you need to go. Exactly. So when it's crazy to me that first of all, like you guys are all musically talented. I haven't met your brothers. But Alex doesn't shut the fuck up. He talks about you know, he t- he just loves the he 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 uh he is you know he's met your brothers he he says they're good people and I believe him I mean you're you're great but like you guys are all obviously musically talented so my question to you is he also told like Alex just you know I know just, he he also told me that you're you and you actually said this to me too that you're big on football oh, like dude. football was your thing yeah so where did the divide come in. Because I feel like, and just to load that question a little further, yeah. I feel like both endeavors are equally they they both equate to the talent, the level of talent you can you can you can pull. Mm-hmm. So I feel like sports and music are two probably of the toughest fields for anybody to be con- considered. 
professional or great or successful in. Yes, yeah. So how do you even, I mean, it both seems like Mount Everest one and two mm-hmm. right in front of you. What tipped the scale from football to music or vice versa? Why didn't it go yeah. the other way? So growing up, I like to think of it like the sports and music, they were two doors. Right? Sure, yep. The music door was open and we had to go through it no matter what. But that doesn't mean my parents immediately shut the sports door, you know? Mm-hmm. We, we, were, we were allowed to do things, mm-hmm. and so we did. But um, I remember one, it was, I think I was in, I was in middle school, and I, 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 was, I, I was, they let me play basketball. They let me join the basketball team. All right. You know, and that was, that was cool. That was fun, because I, I love basketball, too. And then we, uh, during one game... Bro, I, I, I jammed uh, on, on my left hand, because that's the hand you finger the violin with. Right. I jammed this finger so bad, they had to tape like all these together. Mm-hmm. And this was like the day before a performance. And I could not perform. Fuck. And that was like... Oh, so no. that wasn't just like, I had to tell my parents that I couldn't play. I had to go tell like the orchestra director, all, all the other musicians, because like... Yeah. And oh man, that was, that was bad. That I was would bad. imagine, because that's an important... It's not like... And correct me if I'm wrong, but if a piece of the orchestra is missing, if if your talent, if a piece of talent is missing, it's noticeable. Oh yeah. How you how do you even compensate for that? Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, you can't replace that. that, that that's <laughs> like you know you, you you lose your best player on a football team to, right. to injury. It's like oh fuck. Yeah. You know, it, that, it, it literally was that kind of shit, and I I felt bad, but dude, the the problem was that that was the first. That was not the only time it happened. It happened again, bro. <laughs> and I think just that, that repetitiveness and, and like my parents knew, you know, they, they were like, you know what? One one is dangerous, you know, sports. Let's I there's mean, repercussions. Exactly. Possibly it's, irreversible. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's shit is dangerous, man. You see it now in like the NFL and everything. These guys are. Yeah. Like this year alone, there have been so many fucking injuries. Like, oh, yeah. Season ending injuries. And it's like. I mean, we can even get into that, but like. Odell Beckham Jr. just tore. Yeah, he's out for the season at least. I know. That was horrible. Talent. Straight talent. Dak Prescott. Yep. Literally snapping his ankle in half. That was. God. That was. I didn't get to see that. And all I saw was him like on the stretcher being wheeled out. And at least he was. Yeah, he was. He knew that, you know, it it could jeopardize everything. And that's the love of the game on his face. It's not pain. You know, it is pain to a degree. But Mm -hmm. that's the love of the game. That's that's like watching your dreams be put in jeopardy. Exactly. I mean, you don't get to that level and not love what you do. Uh-huh. You don't get to that level and, you know, that's sacrifice. That's, you know, same thing with music, but yeah. continue. I think I think that my parents understood that because uh, medical bills versus just like... <laughs> lessons. Playing, yeah, versus, versus <laughs> lessons. It's like, oh, shit. You know? There's a, there's, a, there's a pretty big divide right there. Right. And... I think I, I think they wanted me to pursue the music more, and I, I was I was okay with it, mm-hmm. you know, because like in my mind I had no idea where where like sports could take me, you know. Mm-hmm. That's never no, there was no, another thing I ever thought of, but like music, I kind of I kind of knew where that could lead, you know, because mm-hmm. I, I saw myself playing in orchestras. I had been asked multiple times to like be a solo artist for, for certain performances. And I'd done that, and then I was like, oh, this is awesome, you know, like, I really like this. So, mm-hmm. it wasn't like, there wasn't like a single point in time where I was like, nah, fuck sports, I'm just going to do music, you mm-hmm. know? And it's like, I kind of like, it was like, 
It was like the widest like... U-turn ever, bro. <laughs> I was like, here we go. Going around. You, you know? feel like life kind of pushed you a little bit more yeah. towards that direction? Like mm-hmm. just circumstance? Circumstance and like certain people I surrounded myself with. You know, who I looked up to especially. You know, who were like either, you know, mentors like for, for music and, and shit. And like, because I never had like like a trainer or a coach or anything for sports, mm-hmm. you know, telling me, you know, that I had potential. Right. But on the music side, there were so many people in my ear telling me, you know, Paul, you know, you can go places with this. Mm-hmm. And like, and that, that was like, those were the nudges, bro. And it, it just like, it, that's, that's where it took me. And I feel like the community when it comes to, when it comes to sports, you know, community is very like, there's so many people trying to do the same thing yeah. that, you become one of the herd. Yeah. You know what I mean? And the only way you can stand out and be great is if you literally beat every single person <laughs> ever. And and music, not a lot of people take that route because, first of all, they don't have, like, nobody ever did that for them. Mm-hmm. Nobody, uh, there. I feel like not as many people pick up an instrument. Yeah. You know, they're, they're way more apt to pick up a ball, pick up a bat, pick up something that is a lot more on the physical spectrum. I mean, in schools, they get rid of music class. They get yes. rid of, which is tragic tra- to me, they get rid of art, they get rid of music after you get out of elementary school. Mm-hmm. And then after that, you got to pay to learn something like that. So you got to go to college that you may not be able to afford. Exactly. And it just makes it so much harder to be that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But luckily, you had parents that understood the importance of creativity and music and art. Mm-hmm. So... I feel like you had the right circumstances in order to pursue that. Yep. You know what I mean? But most people, they go for sports. They put their kids in sports before they would put their kids in some kind of art class or some kind of instrument. You know, and and you have a different level of competition. But I feel like there's so much more of the same when it comes to football. And it's very tough yeah. for you to seem, even though you could be as good as anybody else, but you have to do something super extravagant to stand out versus in music and it's not i'm not putting music down at all i'm just saying that there are so many less people pursuing that that dream it's true oh my god yeah and it's 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 great that you were able to do that Mm -hmm. i feel like i wish i could you know i if i wanted to do that now like i would have to pick up an instrument on my own and do that and you're more you're it's easier to learn anything when you're younger Oh, dude. 100%. And when you when you're an adult, you have all these these dysfunctions, these these ideas of what you should be and what you aren't. And and like people discourage themselves a lot more as adults when it mm-hmm. comes to like even like they talk about language being so much easier to learn when you're a child. Yeah. Like you speak you because you don't have all these preconceptions and all these things that, you know, oh, it should be said this way for this reason. You're you're an adult, so you have these things embedded in you that stop you from being open enough to learn. And that's that's something that, you know, my dad is picking up a guitar now, you know, but he's at it for much longer and it takes him a lot longer to do things. And he's in, he's about to be 60. Damn, he's bro. 59. Yeah. Yeah, cheers to my old cheers man. Fuck yeah. <laughs> cheers to my oh, old yeah. man. <laughs> Plastic cups all day. <laughs> I bet everybody was expecting like a clink. No, I know, right? no. no. Those are only the shot glasses. Only the shot glasses, yeah. <laughs> Bro, I, I, like, growing up, bro, I, ha- I have no recollection of, like, years from when I was 6 years old to 12 years old of, like, actually learning the violin. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, I have, like, in my brain, my brain doesn't even register any of that shit, bro. That happened. <laughs> All I know is playing now. 
Right. You know, it's like, a, it's like, oh, damn. So I can't even, like, fathom the idea of trying to learn now mm-hmm. a brand-new instrument fresh. You know, to me, that feels like, it feels almost impossible. Do you think so, you could? Like, because you're you're familiar with, I mean, you're probably more familiar than most people who are just picking up an instrument. So, like, even though you'd never probably play, to have, like, guitar or anything like that? Not guitar. So, like, all right, so you've never played guitar, but I feel like you'd be much more decent than I would picking up a guitar for without a fresh yeah, start. Yeah, I have, a, like, like, the initial understanding of how to, like, you know, finger, yeah. like, the fingering hand and, right. and, and everything. But like, so I could like I've picked up a guitar and I've like fiddled around. Mm-hmm. You know, I know how to play the notes. I know where the notes are. I know I know how certain things fall and everything. Right. But like to actually learn it and play and master—that's the thing. Like mastering an instrument is is much different. It's much different. And like I, I learned piano growing up too, but not not to the level of violin. Mm-hmm. So even now, like I have so much to learn with that. And it's just like, oof, that's a that's a lot. Yeah. Like, I I don't. I, I don't, I don't know if I'd have the time to really, like, dedicate myself to the level of mastery when it comes to, like, actually learning mm-hmm. another instrument. What would you say is, I mean, it seems like, and you may not feel that about yourself, but I feel like you've achieved a lot in your time. Um, what do you feel like is your greatest achievement when it greatest comes to, it could be music. I feel like music, you know, you have a lot of achievements, so it must be hard to pick. But what is you? What do you? What was the? What do you feel so far? Because you're obviously not done living yet. You're alive right. and well. You're, you're you're nice and young. So, so far, what is your greatest achievement in in music? What have you? What What was the biggest standout? Like this is, this is, the new level I was searching for. Ooh, that's that's a dude. That's a great question. Because I know you know you probably. I mean, if you're pursuing anything you love, it never stops. Mm-hmm. You know, it never is enough. Right. It'll never be the the place you want to be because you want to be the best there is. Yeah. And you know, it's it, most people don't speculate on shit they've done already because they're not done. Yeah. So they're always looking ahead, looking forward. But I feel it's important to recognize something that you've achieved. Right. You know, to understand that my work is paying off. Mm-hmm. I am making sacrifices for a reason. Right. I'm not just jogging in place, you know. I'm I'm putting miles on it. Exactly, exactly. You know, a lot of people don't do that. No. What do you What do you feel is something you've done that? Dude, that's a really good question. Like, I've done a lot in regards to just like playing. Mm-hmm. Like I've played with I've played with some some pretty big artists, which which is awesome. You know, mm-hmm. I graduated Berkeley. That was that was that was a pretty big deal. You know, because like of course, when you're growing up, one of five kids, man, college isn't just a guarantee you know yeah so like i had to like i I was lucky enough to be blessed with a a significant amount of scholarship or else my parents there's no way right you know Mm -hmm. so that walking on that stage and getting my diploma that was that was a pretty big deal but that like all of that is great but the biggest thing for me is just like the notoriety the connections the 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 people i've gotten to know with because now i'm on everybody's radar Mm mm-hmm like everybody who needs a violinist now for a session. can call you yeah and to me that's that's the most rewarding part mm-hmm. because like people actually value my my musicianship talent. and my talent and my time right you know? that too so to me that's the biggest thing mm-hmm. you know because that that's where I, I i like i feel like they value me the most and that's what i'm working for you know because like i want to be Absolutely. able to play for these all all this kind of shit so 
I don't know. Well, playing with Jacob Collier was, dude, <laughs> unreal, man. unreal. Holy <laughs> shit, that was that was that was mind boggling. But yeah, to be able to you know be a resource for people that you know I would not know. If I didn't know you, who the fuck would I call if I needed somebody that can play an instrument like that? You know yeah. what I mean? Um, and to be able to, you know, rely on those, that networking and, and, the, and the connections you've made in your journey, yeah. to see that be something that that holds to the test of time, that's that's amazing. That's, yeah. That is kind of like, a, you know, an attestment to what you've done. And, you know, it's one thing in your own head, you'll, you'll, you'll think of your, you have an image of yourself and you feel like you've done things, but for mm-hmm. other people to confirm that yeah, is different. Definitely. It's different when people confirm that you are what you think you are. Yes, absolutely. You know what I mean? It's, it's not something that you can duplicate, you know, people, people, yes, when, when you fuck up, they'll let you know. But and that that's something I want, right? Know? And, and like, absolutely, you can't run from that. Exactly, you, you know, can't run from like that. I, I I've I've built up this this um this level this level of well, you know like people expect a certain amount from me if when they call me to like play. So if I like fuck it up, you know I want them to tell me because like I want to make sure I get that shit right. Right. Especially because like I'm trying to make this my career. I want this to be part of my livelihood. So if people are actually paying me right to provide a service. You know, to to provide my violin. Like, you want to make sure it's excellence. Excellence, nothing, nothing less. Yeah. And that, and do you feel like that's something that, mu? I I feel like in general music or classical music in particular, that's a, that's the culture. Yeah. It's excellence. Absolutely. It needs to be excellence. Mm-hmm. And do you feel like because it's very organic that that's why it has to be excellent? Because yeah. I feel like in hip hop, in like other genres of music, you have computers that are able to smooth it out, make it and cleaner, dude, make it better. You can exactly you can fi- you can put makeup on it. You know yes. what I mean? It's, I feel like classical music, classical instruments—they've kind of eluded the the the, the technology. In, I feel that, that way, way too. You know, because like, like, dude, technology has created this this this, this platform, the synthetic feel. It's, oh my god, that's brilliant, dude. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's it's. It sounds good, right? But it's not organic. It's not. It's not. Real. Not at all. It, it, it can be created on on a whim, like with anything. Yep. But like what what I'm trying to do for for like the certain people who who require what what I do, mm-hmm. that there's there's no getting around the real thing, right? You know, so like that's very important to me because this there's no bullshit, mm-hmm. you know, and like people, you know, you you can re- recreate like an orchestra and that kind of shit. But like, yeah, but just a bit, not to cut you off, but just think about it this way: like Kanye West, he goes out and picks real things. He picks real choirs. He goes out and yes. and, and selects what, you know, he'll he'll go and listen to people perform and be like, okay, you're up to what I need. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna use you. And yes, he may use uh, computers to make things interesting, but he has an element of organic talent mm-hmm. there. And it's real. Those they're they're real instruments. Exactly. He may have to like, like you know, use a sample, but the sample he's using is real. Exactly, it's real things, exactly. and that that's what I feel like. You're kind of in a great spot, and as time goes on, you're only going to be more valuable, because younger kids these days like that that commitment to something like instruments mm-hmm. is fading. You know yes. what I mean? Music is becoming so synthetic, and so you know. So, 
Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. It's I don't know how to explain it well, exactly. It's but. just like what 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 happened? What happened to the the originality? You know, everything. Right. It's like a piece of somebody else's yeah. work. Like Spotify is being flooded with so much. Because like think about it. There's, there's there's no like selection process. Like anybody mm-hmm. can like get into Spotify, put their shit up. Hey, 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 man! I'm on Spotify. Like, what the fuck, dude? No judgment here. I'm just you know a very broad generalization <laughs> of like. No, I get it. No, no, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, okay. Is that the door? Should I, should I leave? <laughs> the one with the mattress in front of it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the well soundproof door yeah. over there. I'll just run through it. Uh, you guys want to talk about organic. You guys have to see this room. Like, <laughs> the nice, harsh, yeah, the, bright light. The harshest the... lighting I have like in any room in the house. And then I have a mattress against the door trying to soundproof all the shit outside. And it's just like, yo, this is this is... But hey, we, we got plastic cups with tequila. So. And that is true. That is true. We do have plastic cups and we do have tequila. Ah. So, hey, to me, tequila tastes the same no matter what glass it's in. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, I feel like you're going to become like a, a very hot commodity as time goes on. As the years go on and people are, you know, not investing their time into instruments and stuff, mm-hmm. those become few and far between. And some people may value that. But I feel like the only reason they do is because they had somebody who valued it before them and was able to hand that de- hand that to them. Right. You know what I mean? Like the importance of being able to play an instrument is going to serve you at some point. Yeah. That 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 kind of culture is going away. Right. And like when I was in uh, Miami, recording for Danny Ocean. I mean, I can't I can't say a lot, but like when we were we were in the booth, uh, listening to the playback, and like this, it w- it was so apparent he 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 didn't really understand or, or know anything about like stringed instruments mm-hmm. you know because like violins cellos that shit they, that's been around for over 300 years mm-hmm. you know and so when he, he'd look at it and he'd hear the sound and he's like oh shit yeah that's it's fucking awesome you know and to see that <laughs> on somebody else's face right. from that shit I just did for this you know fucking huge artist you know that's 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 awesome and that that kind of goes to show that people are still people they can have all this repertoire like uh, this whole like uh, you know this whole list of things that they've accomplished and done. And yes, they are talented. And yes, you know, some of it sometimes is just exposure. You know what I mean? Somebody just was there at the right time. They heard a piece of their, their work at the right time and they got the break. You know what I mean? And I feel like people, even though they have achieved this level of fame, you know, to, to understand that we're all just human. And even though they've made it, they can still appreciate your work. That that you know, yes, their name is associated with so many accolades and accomplishments. Exactly. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that somebody can't hear you one day and just be like, "Hey, that sounds great. It's mm-hmm. amazing. That must be the most gratifying thing." Because it it goes to show that your work is not in vain. Your sacrifices are not in vain. The things that you chose to do uh, instead of doing other things, mm-hmm. it, it that's when it it clicks. That's when it 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 shows that you're on the right path. And if if that's something you can do, that's that's, I don't know how else to put it, but you deserve it. Yeah, you know what I mean. You you deserve it. You deserve it, and you shouldn't feel like you don't. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know anybody that plays instruments really. Uh, My cousin plays piano and all that, but you know, I he didn't pursue it any farther than you know his initial talent of being able to to play. Right. As far as I know, as far as I know, but. Yeah, man, it's it's amazing that you're able to do that, and you're able to thanks, bro, to put yourself in a position where it's. Can you imagine like doing that for the rest of your life? And 
now we're having a conversation about it and it seems maybe it's a little far away but right right no yeah you can look back on this and just be like fuck i was right well yeah yeah exactly it seems far away but like to see where i've come like when i first started at berkeley bro my parents couldn't afford for me to live on campus right so i had to get my ass from fucking new hampshire to boston (laughs) every single day and i didn't have a car did not have a car how'd you get there then train bro commuter rail Every single day. Wow. And, dude, I wanted it, and I made it work, you know? And it's it's, it's that kind of shit. Like, door-to-door is like two hours each way. Jeez. To drive from my house in New Hampshire to the Havel train station, get on the the commuter rail to North Station, and then take the subway to Berkeley, two hours door-to-door. Wow. But, like, bro, I wanted that shit, man, you know? (laughs) I got into the school. I wanted to go there. I wanted to study. I wanted to meet people. I wanted to do all this. Made it happen. And then eventually, I, I finally got my driver's license, obviously. <laughs> and then, but like, little little shit. Like, once once I, I, I kind of got acclimated to everything and was really meeting new people, mm-hmm. bro, like, everything kind of like, it, dude, it's amazing how things just like randomly fall into place, you know? And I met people and I was able to like sublet apartments and like, but like, just like, <laughs> like the opportunity like in, in my situation where I was like oh this is perfect this is exactly what I need right now right you know I, 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 I stayed at a, fr- a friend of mine he left Boston he had to go back to Ecuador for a while mm. and he was like bro my apartment's empty do you want to live there and I'm like sorry man can't can't afford it and he's like mm. well listen like most of it's all paid off anyway so if you just pay me what you can L- shit like that because like people trust me and, and, and you know yeah like the way I've built you have, certain you have, relationships. Yeah. yeah. You have rapport with people. You, exactly. you They understand what kind of an individual you are. Yeah. And that shit, like it, everything like fell into place. Just like little things like that. And it was like, man, and if that's, I can make this work, I'm, I'm going to be okay. Right. You know? And people like, people worry a lot. I think people, people try to figure out like, how am I going to be able to do this? How am I going to be able to do that? Yeah. And they lose sight of what's important. They lose sight of the moment that they have in their hands already. And, you know, you didn't expect to be put up in that apartment, but you just said, hey, I can't do it. Can't do it. And he was like, fuck it. Come anyways. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just do what you can and focus on what you're doing. But I think there are so many forces outside of our scope of view that we can't account for everything. So when something happens, you know, you never know what the next person is willing to do for you. You never know what you know, circumstances could fall into place mm-hmm. and people get so hung up on the unknown yeah. that they forget that the unknown is literally that you don't know what's going to happen. No so idea. go fucking do it. Go, go do it if you can. And if you go and do it and it, and it's something that, you know, falls into place, it was meant to be, it is what it is, exactly. you know, but it, the, the, when, when you fuck up is when you don't do mm-hmm. it. When you fuck up is when you let the unknown stop you from doing. Yes, dude. All you have 100%. is what you can control. All you have is your talent. All you have is whatever in whatever endeavor you're trying to accomplish, whatever you're trying to do. It's all you have is what skills you brought with you and the knowledge you brought with you. That's all you have. The rest, it's up in the air. Up in the air. And a lot of the times, people focus on the minor details and forget the whole the whole project. Absolutely. And I don't think that's the way to do it. No, it's not. not that's what. That's why dreams break. Yeah, dude. And, like, just, like, break that down even into the most smallest of things. When Alex texted me, when I, I'm, like, two weeks into Miami, he's like, hey, man, I think you should come back for, for our buddy Jay's birthday. Mm-hmm. And then everything fell apart. Right. Jay couldn't hang. Right. But, like, I was like, you know what? I want to see these guys. Right. 
And so it was just me, you, and Alex, and we just went. <laughs> and it was, I had such a great fucking time. Right. And I, I it was it was the best. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have had it any other way, you know? And I was just like, I'm so glad I did that anyway, no matter like how things fell into place, how I was expecting certain things, but it didn't kind of work out that way. Mm-hmm. But like, it didn't matter because in the end, it was great, you know? So it's just like, even like the smallest little things, man. It's like, just everything everything happens everything flows everything comes to you in mm-hmm. certain ways and it's like you got you got to make the most of it mm-hmm. in, in any situation you know i don't know i know we're going off on a real rip oh here. it's 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 it's, like, <laughs> it's flowing i feel like it's yeah. a tree that's growing this whole new branch and twigs are poking out every which way um so classical music i the to me you know music invokes emotion i feel but to me if it's never been truer than classical music and i got my first i'll, I'll let you say yeah, right. there you. <laughs> so I, I was at alex's place before this yeah our friend alex and um i drove he wanted to go pick up some more beer i was like not a bad never a bad never idea. Never <laughs> so i drove him to the beer spot yeah and uh when i put my phone in my car it was on the last thing that was playing mm-hmm. and the last thing that was playing this is going to sound random to anybody listening, but to you, me, and Alex, this mm-hmm. is going to be like, holy shit. It was Bear McCreary's God oh, of God. War. Bro. Oh, God. Yo, go ahead. Go ahead. Dude, go this ahead. song called Valkyries. <laughs> oh, and, of course. Oh, my God. This invokes so much <sighs> intensity and like, oh. Jesus. But this song is so it good. makes me sweat. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> and then like Alex, saw, he, he was like four beers in and he was like, bro. Yes. Let's fucking go. Absolutely. He saw and he's like, yo, you're going to see Chris. You better, you better tell him that uh, you were just listening to that shit. Yes. Because it's like, oh my God. And to geek out a little bit, guys, um, God of War, obviously a video game. If, you, if you've been living under a rock, you might not know. But anybody <laughs> else, if you played God of War and you grew up, you know, playing video games, you know what God of War is. Anyways. I've heard that song so many times only because if you, I don't know if you've played the game, you probably haven't, right? I haven't. Actually. You just and that's the beauty of music. I love that. <laughs> that I had I had to play the game in order for me to catch it. But you, on the other hand, you're just a fan of classical music. You you obviously play an instrument, so you you came across it in your travels. Now, the only reason I love well, not the only reason. I mean, the whole album's fantastic. It's phenomenal, and I'm no, you know, I'm no connoisseur when it comes to classical music, but I can appreciate music when I hear it. Oh hell yeah! Um, that so that particular song is when you're fighting the last Valkyrie um, out of ten. I think it's like ten Valkyries, seven to ten Valkyries. Anyways, that's the the last Valkyrie you face, and that song plays. Oh, so you're fighting for your life. You know, and you're fighting this the strongest Valkyrie there is. And I died so many times <laughs> that I <laughs> that I knew that song like quiet like note for note. I was just like, I know this like I've heard it so many times. I probably like played that shit thirty times trying to beat this chick. And and I'm like <laughs> losing every time, but I've I'm also, you know, I have the headphones on and I'm playing and yeah, yeah, it's just yeah. like like that and another song on that album that really touched me was um lullaby of the giants oh my god oh my god that yes. one is like so it it that you want to talk about invoking emotion i would say uh valkyrie invokes like a very uh how can i say like it's a very it's much more intense yes. like uh you know it's much more um action yeah, i don't know yeah. i don't know if it's heroic, uh, more heroic yeah, yeah. 
But Lullaby of the Giants is very, uh, and like, see, I like with classical music, it, it's a little bit different when you're trying to explain how it makes you feel. Of course. It's, it's because with classical music, unlike, you know, typical genres, it's very like, there are different parts of the song that invoke different emotions. So sometimes yeah. you may have a nice slow start, you know, it's very, you know, it's very emotional and very, uh, it could be sad, it can be, and then it just explodes into this right. whole nother realm of, of like imagination and, and sp- it almost creates space. Yeah, I don't it, know. It, if... To me, it's like storytelling. Right, exactly. It's like exactly. everything, everything is moving and changing in different ways. Like, so a giant's lullaby. Yes. And then what's the other one? The one leading a giant's prayer. Yes. There's a buildup in this, in this song. And it's just like the most, oh my God, it reaches one chord because like I, I was analyzing mm-hmm. the harmonies and everything and it was like this one chord and I was like stuck. On, I do, I, I played down on a read because it's a very short, it's, it's a very short little Yeah, track. it's like a minute and yeah. change or but maybe like, even two minutes. This one built up to this one chord and I was like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, just like, oh my God, this yeah. one moment that created this incredible amount of emotion. Mm-hmm. And I've never played the game, so I don't know what's going on this moment. And I yeah, really I know. need to know, I know what the hell is going on. Yeah, like, <laughs> a Giant's Lullaby is, I think, like, the second or third song. It's, like, very early on yeah. in the uh, in the album. But in the game, it's, like, the last song. Like, second to last song. Oh, okay. So okay. they do things a little differently in the album. Yeah. But because I played the game, like, that's, like, a moment that you would cry on and i know it sounds dumb oh, for no, anybody no, who, no. for anybody who doesn't play games they don't understand and you know they think it's a waste of time i get it you know i fucking get it bro but it, what i'm saying is that you can find these these emotions and you can find these these it may sound stupid but you can find these little pockets of inspiration and emotion yes. in the weirdest places with Absolutely. classical cuz classical music you know it's it's in more places than one might think where I first got my um, taste of classical music was, it's between, I would say, it, it's the Lord of the Rings. I feel oh like that God, yes. is, that is like the first, yo, I'm just like a nerd and you guys are figuring it out now. Oh. But uh, like I, <laughs> like the Lord of the Rings, I remember I used to, I saw the first movie in theaters, right? Mm-hmm. I obviously, you know, loved it so much. When I was a kid, I think I went to see it like three or four times in the movie theaters. And that's like three hours of pop per oh, yeah. movie. It's like super fucking long. So I'm sitting there and I, I eventually bought the books. Mm-hmm. You know, with my own money, I bought books. Like the, the, the original J.R.R. Tolkien books. And I was reading that. And at the same time while I was reading these books, I was listening to the soundtrack yeah. at the same time. So I would add... Oh, shit. I would add... <laughs> I would have headphones on, right? So I have headphones on and at the same time I'm reading the book. So in my head, it's a movie I'm building in my in, for myself because I'm reading the book. My imagination is running fucking wild. And then I have a soundtrack to it. It's just like, yo. Bro, and then from there, like I did, you know, the first book, the first album, yep. and then the second album and the third album. And I had them all on CD and I would just with my fucking Walkman that every time I got up and went to take a piss, it would skip, you know, uh, like just like like I was just like at 12 years old, 11 years old reading yes, these dude. books. And I'm just like my imagination is fucking blowing up and going crazy. And that was my first taste of classical music. And it never disappeared mm-hmm. after that. Like I, I always had a love for it and some some affection, even if it did come from my childhood. I had this affection for for the organic nature of classical music and how you don't even need to know the context and that's like your example completely, you know, 
illustrates that. The yeah. fact that you, yeah, my hand is just rocking <laughs> the bottom of the table. But um, the uh, <laughs> the the fact that you can still connect with me on this Barry McCreary al- yes. album is is wild because you've never touched the content. Never. You don't have any context to it. So for me, I have all this emotional attachment, but you have just as much emotional attachment because of the organic nature of it and the way it conveys emotion Mm -hmm. that's something that classical music does and it's so unique and you think you like you know it's a very hard genre to get into because all the name well in the the bear mccreary album it's it's uh it's not you know it has names you know for the tracks but typically in in classical music you have this whole fucking like I would never be able to memorize the names of some of these great songs that I love. The only reason I'm able to, you know, know these pieces is because I can hear them and I know I love yeah. this song because it, it it reminds me of what it did for me. Absolutely. It, 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 it amazes me how, like, classical music, it's one of the, it's like the only genre, it's been around for hundreds of years. Right. And, like, and it, it amazes me because, like, technology in, in, in regards to musical composition now is, is it's incredible. Right. Like, computer like you want to you want to create these these you know extensive symphonies and all that shit mm-hmm. it's, it's so these guys had a pen and a fucking piece of parchment and they were writing this more down. like a quill yeah well, a fucking quill <laughs> you know with that candle they had like a, a long thin candle and they're writing yes. all this shit out i'm like how, how did their brains possibly fucking fathom all that shit right you know with no youtube no no resources yeah. other than exactly while i was at berkeley i got to i got to work with um patrick doyle i don't know if you've heard of, he composed the music for like the fifth i'm Harry super Potter. fucking ignorant when it comes to this i love i love music and i love everything yeah. about it and i know like if you play a song i'll be like yeah i've heard it i love that <laughs> song but other than that like i'm i'm i'm, I'm a barbarian yeah, yeah. when it <laughs> when it comes to you you're like several generate yourself you're several civilizations into the future i just discovered fire motherfucker Oh, right. yeah. Okay. All right. No, uh, I'm kidding. No, no. I'm kidding. But uh, yeah, it's no. it's it's kind of like that. Well, I got to work with um. So Patrick Doyle, he composed, shit. I think it was, the fourth the fourth Harry Potter movie. Okay. And he did um. Ah yes. Yeah, okay. He did like this other movie, Murder on the Orient Express. I don't know if you've heard of it. Yeah. And he, great composer, but like, cause um, I I was part of this like um soundtrack orchestra at Berkeley, and we got to partner with uh Warner Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm. For like the release, because when we were working, we they were releasing the first Fantastic Beasts. Yes. So we got to do the shit, and then Patrick came in and got to work with the studio orchestra. And we got to just you got to see a little bit behind what this man was thinking when he was composing all this music for the for these movies. Because think mm-hmm. about it, they get they get these scenes from these movies, and they have to write simple cues for each scene. Mm-hmm. You know, and the music has to fit so perfectly with what <laughs> is happening in that scene, and yeah. like there's so much going on. And it was so cool just to see him break certain parts of the shit down. And then we got to record with him and it was like, it was amazing. But like, just, there is, like, classical music is the most intensive, most in-depth, most intricate, like, genre ever. Mm-hmm. Just because of how things work. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's amazing just to get into the mind of, uh, of somebody who understands that so completely. Right. Because they, they understand how everything works together and how they have to create it. Not just for the orchestra, mm-hmm. but for, like, the film that they're writing for. Right. You know, and it's just like... Because the cool. because you also have a job to do when you're creating something for you know a film, mm-hmm. you know you have to and correct me if I'm wrong, but you have to kind of watch the movie and create at the same time, right? You're you have a screen playing the scene or whatever you're trying to you're trying to you know perform for, yeah. and then you're also doing your thing, right? Um, dude, exactly, literally, because um, so 
I got to work with Patrick Doyle. Right. Amazing, amazing. But we didn't, we weren't exactly like recording for like new shit. Okay. But um, I don't know if you've heard of the WGBH Studios in Brighton. Yes. I got to I got to do some work there for these composers who were writing for the a couple like Netflix films. Okay. Like nothing, nothing, nothing huge or anything, but like some some smaller shit. And mm-hmm. so the the amazing thing with that is we have like we have an orchestral like uh, group, mm-hmm. and so. The composer himself is usually the one conducting the orchestra, mm-hmm. which is great. So he knows everything about the movie. He knows all the parts that he just wrote. And he has, in front of him, he has a screen playing the film. Mm-hmm. So he's he's recording us playing as the movie is literally playing in front of him. Right. Which is awesome. Right. And then most of the time, they ha- they'll have another big screen up in the studio. So right. we can actually mm-hmm. see exactly yep. what's going on. Mm-hmm. And it, 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 it's so cool because we have an idea of what exactly we're playing for. So... I mean, it's so it's so fun. So when we're in the studio and we hear all the shit playing back in the headphones as we play along, and bro, mm-hmm. when I tell you the shit sounds so good, because you know these, these these composers they know exactly how to compose for these certain scores or, or, or whatever the hell they're working on. Right. And it, it, I can't remember the fucking film we were recording for. Oh man, but like, dude, that that shit for me is is amazing. I have done, I've done literally hundreds. Of film scoring like sessions mm-hmm. just for like small little shit right you know and that that's one of the big things i love but like i was talking to um i was talking to a friend of mine and because like a lot of that shit has to do with location like being in boston or in the new england area there's not a lot of demand or not a lot of work honestly for that kind of shit like mm-hmm. i've gotten spotted gigs doing doing other shit but that's sure. just because they're, they're they're in the area working for like i don't know that kind of shit here mm-hmm. but like if i want to actually do that i have to go to la it's it's really so like i feel like a lot of things come out of la yeah um i didn't know like i don't see the significance of it like especially music where worldwide you can hear music from any any place in the world right yes you're not there's no barriers when it comes to music you know what i mean you can Definitely. hear something from Straight from New Guinea, you know what I mean. You can say here's yeah. something straight from a whole nother place, a whole nother culture, a whole nother genre that you there's no, that's the one thing about music. There is no barrier, there is no limit. There's nothing that someone can lock music behind. It's something Dude, that touches yes. people in so many different places. So yes. why why LA over anywhere else? Like how you're telling me that all the talent. You know, well, I, there's, yeah, acting I mean, is one thing. You know what I mean? Right. They have movie studios out there and all that shit. They have the infrastructure for, right. you know, for exactly. movies. I mean, it's not so much talent, dude. It's it's just it's literally demand. It's like they everything they're pumping out of there. They they need players like right away to do this shit for this project there right now. You know, hmm. like the film industry in, in in New England. I don't know much of anything that exists here. Right, but I feel like if you have all these schools that are supporting the talent, why wouldn't there be something here that you can just pull from? You know what I mean? Why do you have to go across the fucking nation That's a great and question. just be like, all right, I'm here. I don't even know if I have an apartment yet. I don't even know if I'm going to make it. You know what I mean? Why do I have to take all this risk when I can send an audio file from here to anywhere if I want to? Exactly. You know how many... Let me put it this way. There are people... Uh, shout out to y'all. But there are people in South Korea, Russia, and London listening to this right now. If yeah. I can send an audio file and people are willing to listen that don't even speak, like, I don't, you may be able to speak English, I'm not sure. But 
they are still willing to listen to me in these places where right. it's not the dominant language. Right. Why when it's it's when I'm talking it's it's conversational. Music, you don't need to understand the language to appreciate the music. Mm-hmm. 100%. You know what I mean? It, it doesn't even have to be classical. You know, artists go big in so many different countries that English is not the primary primary yes. language. Why is that possible? Why is that possible and you being able to produce music and send it out and and not have to make the the huge commitment of, you know, taking yourself into a place where you don't even know if you can survive. Right. What does that have to do with your talent? And what does that have to do with your ability to 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 work with people at a distance? You know, I mean, this is 2020 where, you know, we're so technologically advanced that, you know, that idea of moving to L.A. just to get a break is so asinine to me because it is, yes. it's like you can send samples and you can send like even artwork. You can if you do something uh, for somebody, you know, if you do a logo or an icon or something like that, which my friend just did for me, I, I'm spilling the beans now, but <laughs> um, <laughs> shout out to Goats Visuals. But um, if you are doing something and you are able to just send it, why right. wouldn't that be a thing? You know, yeah. why would you have to like sacrifice all this shit and That's... move to a whole new place and possibly struggle? You know, possibly it's more like you de- gonna, it's definite, it's struggle. definite, yeah. it's definite, but uh... it's it's like that, like that doesn't make sense to me. Same, bro. I, I, I don't understand. Sense to me either. I don't understand it either. Like but, we have all the support to support talent like yours. Yeah. We're putting people in school for that, in the New England area. Mm-hmm. Like this is if you if you need talent, why should the talent have to come to you? Why can't you go to the talent? Mm-hmm. What the fuck? I know it. It sucks, bro. It fucking hurts me, man. It doesn't make sense. And if you don't have the means to be able to accomplish that, you what you're gonna go? How long without? You know, you're gonna you're gonna yeah. Just let that die. Talent doesn't just show up. <laughs> but maybe maybe they think it does. Maybe, maybe. They, maybe they're so saturated with people that are willing to just go over there and just yeah. fuck it. And I don't know if I'm going to be able to live or eat, mm-hmm. but I'm just going to go do that. And then, you know, maybe they're just so used to that that Dude, I, they don't feel like I, they need to make the effort. Yeah. I, uh, one of my good friends out in L.A. right now, Andre Correa, mm-hmm. the man. Love that guy. Um, he was telling me about like when he first moved there, because mm-hmm. he he's a he's a composer, and and a producer, and it's it, 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 he said it was like interesting the dichotomy of, of of all the all the like different groups of like musicians, artists, producers, composers, that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. It's so the demand is is so high, but like he was telling me like all the people I meet, they're so selective. And how and how they engage with certain people, hmm. it's because the the people they meet they 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 want they see them as like a, a, a like a thing like an object that they can use livestock yes almost literally almost it's like oh you compose and you arrange ooh that's good I I could use you you know mm-hmm. for that and that's it you're a tool yeah that's all I need you for you know that that kind of shit so that creates this completely imbalanced competition mm-hmm. and, and it's like it's like everybody is is in this circle of survival, you know, and they don't, it's like, and that's not only classical music, that's the music industry. Yeah, exactly. That's how it works. Exactly. But he, he, he's big with film scoring and all that kind of shit. He's, he's literally starting his own label right now. Cause he's trying to like distance himself from all that shit. He's like, I want to create my own. And that's the great thing about 2020. I feel, uh, well, living in the, in the 
in 2020 you know i mean 2020 2020 sucks everybody knows that but (laughs) it's but um that is the beautiful thing about the time we live in that it doesn't have to be by the rules other people have set you just have to have the means to create your own game Mm -hmm. to play you know what i mean it's not not create your own game but create the rules yourself yes you know what i mean if and like that's that's actually that's a reason why i do this you know some people and that's a reason why I invite people like yourself. That's why the, there, there's a reason I invite people with their own startup business. I don't feel like if I have a platform here that I can reach so many people with the click of a mouse. Mm-hmm. Boom. I just do a little bit of work on my end to, to make sure it's it's the quality is good. And then I send it out into the world and a couple hashtags, a couple of... Uh, placements on different platforms and boom you have people listening in fucking russia it's like it's like no offense to russia i'm sorry but um (laughs) but it's like you have people listening in places that you could never reach before and if i can project that you know why wouldn't i do that that's only good for them right you know that's that's good for me Mm -hmm. you know it's good for everybody and if if like I'm never going to get invited onto like some big platform that's like, hey, we heard you were doing this. So, you know, we would like you to fly in and come talk to this person and blah, blah. No, I know that they they don't give a fuck about me. I know that. So if this, these, like you, you see my setup, it's very minimal. It's a microphone and a laptop (laughs) and a mattress (laughs) for soundproofing. Oh yeah. But it's, it's, that kind of an i that's it's it's that kind of a situation where it's not like anybody's going to pick me up and say hey come do this for us and project me into the world i'm doing that myself yep. and i understand that people have their own endeavors that they're trying they have their own dreams that they're trying to make come true mm-hmm. and all i need to do is put a microphone in front of their face yeah yeah what the fuck why wouldn't i right why wouldn't i why would i make you know I'm I'm not an artist, but I am a struggling individual who, who does something like this, like a podcast, put it out on there, on the yeah, internet for people to find. I'm a creator in some form, you yeah. know what I mean? Some people are more talented, like you, like yourself, you're very talented. But if I can just do this and just be like, hey, at least people are listening to me and listening to me? And I have nothing to offer. And it's like, why wouldn't I give other people the same opportunity? Why would I lock them behind Hollywood? Or why would I put them in a place where it's like, you know, the odds are stacked against them? Is that is that yes. a place where anybody's going to thrive and survive? Hell no. no. Hell no. And no. It's that, it's that name recognition, right? Yeah. Oh, let's go to L.A. Yeah. Hollywood. That's that's right. like, that's so, that, that that big mainstream like idea of like grandeur. Right. Oh my God. Oh, if I go to LA, I'm good. I'm set. Right. Right. I'm gonna gonna do everything I want to do. Right. No problem. I'm in LA. It's like (laughs) no. Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? You're gonna get right. You gotta sell your soul in LA. You gotta sell something, (laughs) right? (laughs) Not sure exactly what. Yeah. Yeah. Me neither. And I don't want to find out. No, I'm good. So I'm good in Boston. I'm good. I'm good here. I'm good here selling. You know, I'm I'm here good. Do I'm 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 doing shit for free. I'm not, you know, I'm not charging anybody to, to come on the show. I'm not, I'm not asking anything that nobody can give. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I just need your time. And dude, this is, this is, if, if 
if that's what I can do for people, like give them a shot as success, you know, I mean, success comes down to what you're willing to sacrifice and what you're willing to do at the end of the day. It all comes down to the individual. Absolutely. Right. But if I can, I can be the, the, the radio signal for people to get the word out, you know, who, who don't have the inclination to set something like this up, even it may be simple, but for them to, you're, you're good. <laughs> but uh, for me to be able to set something so simple like this up, it's just like, why wouldn't I? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If if it's going to contribute to somebody's growth yes, dude. Yes. all day, it's so yeah. simple for me to do. Mm-hmm. And it's something that, you know, I, I, I enjoy doing. I feel good doing it. And it's fun for me. Right. What the fuck? Exactly. That's, dude, that's one of the things that scares me right now is um, how people measure success. Right mm-hmm. now, it's like success is measured in the amount of Instagram followers you have, right? The amount of views you get on your, your mm-hmm. TikTok videos, that kind of shit. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, what? That is so immaterial, man. That is so like. Bleh. But it's the world we live in. But it's the but, world. We but live but in. the 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 pro to that is that it's easy. It's so easy to get your voice out there and your name out there. You just have to have a little technical inclination, a little yep. knowledge, and all of a sudden people are listening where you you couldn't even write a letter to. You know what I mean? Yes. You couldn't even yep. fucking figure out how to how how to get the message across to somebody in a whole different country. You know what I mean? But it's 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 a double edged sword. I feel exactly. it's so superficial because it, it just well, well, I don't know. I, I can't I can't really relate because I don't understand like what what it takes to reach that mm-hmm. you know and there's oh my god there's so much so much involved it's like it's amazing how social media has taken over the the idea of mm-hmm. like one's projection right how 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 you how you reach people and now it's like when you open up Instagram TikTok which I just recently downloaded I don't know why I am not on that on that it's, train it's I don't maybe know. I'm fucking up. I had Honestly. a friend of mine who was like, Paul, I think you should download TikTok because you should do like violin videos shirtless. You could. And I was like, oh. You and could. then I was like, oh, okay. And then I started doing it. So I was like, oh, a little weird niche type of. Uh... <laughs> I mean, I feel like a lot, a lot of people like look at social media as, you know, something to pass the time. Mm. But what it is, if you're if you're of the mindset, it's a tool that you yes. can use. Yes. yes. You know what I mean? It's a marketing tool. And I think a lot of people don't don't think of it that way. They think of oh, a funny meme, haha. Let me uh-huh. share it with my friends. Yep. But it's just when you treat it that way, it's a black hole. Yes. Dude. You know what I mean? Oh. If you treat it as something that entertains you, and yeah, that's that's cool. You know what I mean? I mean, it's easier now than ever to be entertained. Of course. But if you treat it as just entertainment, you're wasting your time. Exactly. Entertainment and distraction are, are, are they're kind of getting... It's a black hole exactly. that never ends and it only gets bigger. It's getting muddled a little. Yeah, you know? yeah. But me, I hate social media. Honestly, I it's the... It, it, to me, it serves no purpose for me Un- unless I'm using it as a marketing tool and as a way to connect with people. Yes. Then I, I see yes. it as useful. You know what I mean? I fucking, I, I, I hate all that. You know, I, I'm not like a guy who tweets. I'm not oh. a guy who snaps. You know, I don't do anything with Snapchat. I don't I don't sit there and watch TikTok videos. It's nothing against the people that do. It's right. not that. But my purpose, if I am using things like that, is to connect with my audience, learn more about my audience, project my voice even as far as I can. And if I'm not doing that, 
social media serves no purpose for me. Dude, I haven't opened Facebook in like three weeks. And I do because, you know, it's also a community. Facebook is a little bit more of a communication tool yeah. because I have relatives that, you know, live in other okay, countries. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. And, and that's why I have a Facebook. And if it wasn't like, if I didn't do this, like this podcast, for me... Facebook would be just a way to connect with my family. So I had it, you know, and I can see pictures from them. I can comment and I can keep in touch that way versus making yeah. a long distance phone call. That sounds like shit. <laughs> you know, so it's like it's like, you know, there's ways for me for point. me to for me to connect with with my family and stuff like that and network. And that's another thing. It's not only a marketing tool, but it's a networking tool. So like for example, I just set up the uh Autocast page um and I have people like and I'm sorry I haven't responded to any of those emails, but <laughs> I, but I uh, I have people hitting me up. You know, yes, they're offering you know their services for money, mm-hmm. but it's still something that can help my cat my podcast, and they're able to make a living. Yeah. So they'll be like like uh, I had one individual who hit me up saying that you don't have any music on your on your podcast. And that he would like to create music for me, you know, at a price, obviously. obviously but yeah. but it's a way for him to market himself, and it's a way for me to benefit mutually. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. So that's kind of where social media comes in, where it's a big plus. Mm-hmm. And I'm not the type to tweet every thought I've ever thought. You know, I'm not the type to post a pic with every like. If you look at my profile, my 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 pictures and my my shit is months apart. I don't, you know, my life is very my own. Yes. I don't have that out in the open. You know, I'm not showing who I'm hanging out with. I'm not showing the things I'm doing in my spare time to better myself or accomplish things. I'm not posting any of that because I like my privacy. I like me. Yeah. I like me focusing on that rather than how many likes, comments, uh, you know, all that shit that people focus themselves on Mm -hmm. for me social media is networking and promoting you know that's all it is it's a marketing tool right and if you don't see it that way you know that's fine because you may not have your own you know you know you may not have your own establishment or business you're trying to run but for me that's primarily what it's for it's it's a tool for me to connect with people Mm -hmm. and and promote my brand exactly i guess you could call it but there was another question about music. And I'm sorry because you're very big on music and I need to extract what I can. So. <laughs> Bro, send it. So, all right. You know music changes as time goes on, mm-hmm. right? Oh, my God, yeah. Um, so whether you're listening to hip-hop, whether you're listening to – if you're still – hooked on disco if you're still like you know if you're still listening to the bgs or the beatles or you know if you're onto metallica or whatever the case is there's a timestamp i feel on different genres of music where you can tell between new and old is that the same with classical music is that is that something like because do you feel like older classical is better than newer classical or do you feel like it conveys an emotion in a different frame of mind in a different time frame Right. I know See, that's like three, four, five, six questions. In no, one, that's, but that, that's... That, that's good. <laughs> See, the thing with like classical music, it's it's over an era. Right. Know? Multiple exactly. generations. Mm-hmm. That's how like the, the, the classical music genre fluctuates. You know, it's not this week, that week. Oh. It's it's 
100 years, yeah, 200 years. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like the Romantic era, the Baroque era, this shit. And, and it's it's interesting to see how things have manipulated and changed. And, and sure. But the, there's, there's no, like, um, there's no differentiating between better or worse. It, it's more preferential. Like, for me, like, oh, I love the Romantic shit, bro. Because, mm-hmm. like, that's, oh. What different? Okay, so go ahead. Go ahead. Continue. So, like, like this, my mom loves to listen to this shit, this old school Bach. This, like, like cantatas. Bro, like think like put like a few a few people in a choir and like an organ and a harpsichord and you get the most bland abstract just like uh makes me want to throw I fucking hate that <laughs> shit, bro. Anybody listening, look up Bachantadas and tell me if you want to throw up. Cause like it's like the writing the writing is great, but it's like the hardest shit to listen to. I swear to God. I swear to fucking God. You know, so you take that and then you you move on to more uh, romantic, like some Rachmaninoff piano concertos, and it's like, oh my god, this shit is like literal beauty, mm-hmm. and like, it's not so much like. I mean, like the the times change, and with that, like, the, uh, I'm, 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 maybe I'm struggling a little to describe it, but like, oh the, no, absolutely, take it like, like there there is no such thing as like recreating what this music is, you know, mm-hmm. over two hundred years, this shit is the same, and the. the God damn, fucking damn it! But like, yeah. <laughs> I just—I I hit the mic. Stand. No, it's okay. You know? it's, okay. <laughs> it's all good. Go ahead. But bro, like, this music performed two hundred years ago is the same now. Mm. You know, and it's like the way classical music survives that long, unchanged. It's—it's—it's it's, it's amazing because it still requires the amount of attention, the amount of work, the amount of talent. As the original creator intended. Yes. Yes, and that's 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 what like there's this one piece that I love to play Samuel Barber's Violin Concerto in D minor, mm-hmm. the second movement. Bro, I, I know Sam. Well, I've heard the name yes. Sam Barber. Yeah, I actually. I've dude, I've spent time. I was one night I was listening to this in my car and it was raining, and like it is the most. It was one of the most emotionally compelling like pieces of of, of music I've heard, mm-hmm. and like I can't help just but like. Bro, this shit brought me to tears one time. I don't know, like something was going on, and mm-hmm. it's just like you hear it, and it 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 just I don't know. It, it I think it's easy to re- because there is no context when it comes to classical music. Yes, it, there is no context. It's it's open to interpretation a hundred and twenty percent. One hundred, like yeah. it just is. It and and you can easily connect a time in your life to a piece of music mm-hmm. when it comes to classical. And, and, and it can mean whatever it needs to mean to you. Yes. You know what I mean? Like you could be, you know, you can you can play a piece of classical music and it's for you. It might be akin to, you know, uh, a death in a family yes. in the family. Yep. You know what I mean? Or it could be akin to a breakup, mm-hmm. you know, that you might have with someone you loved. Or it could be akin to, you know, uh, it could be akin to a moment with your father that that that, you know, you can just imagine this song being the soundtrack to that moment in your life and i feel like that's something that you know uh classical music something with no context can do but something with like you know with lyrics and something that that tells you what it means and very leaves very little to open to interpretation Mm -hmm. is very hard to do you have to connect with literally what the artist is saying versus something that is very open that the artist is kind of sending out there for interpretation. Yes, dude. But like, I love pop. I love it. Mm-hmm. And there's certain songs I love, bro. And I will listen to them 15, 20 times. Mm-hmm. 
Hmm. And then after it, that song is literally dead to me. I cannot listen to it anymore. It's just, it, my brain is just so... It served its purpose. You're rerunning a movie yes. that you've seen 20 times. You're not going to see it 21 times. Exactly. I have You'd never, have to literally love it enough to, to, to be that. I have never once had that feeling with any piece of classical music. You hear that? We're drinking. <laughs> to anybody listening um, when we celebrate a moment whether it's like a a, a rep in the gym or a, just a any sort of achievement we let out an in order to emphasize <laughs> the power of that moment so in this case our third shot of tequila cheers brother cheers absolutely <laughs> I know you guys hear just a lot of dinging and shit, but what we do is we cheer up top. You hear the glasses clinging. Now, when I put it, this is something I learned in Florida when you, and this is just how it was explained to me. When you bang the the shot glass on the table, it's like one for the dead. It's like one for the homies, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like to think of it dead or alive. It's for the people that you recognize. Mm -hmm. You know, you would take a shot for somebody kind of thing. I love it. But that's the way. But go ahead and continue. So, in, again, being in Miami. Right. Um, so, <laughs> uh, a, a lot of the music down there, especially when you go to parties and, and such, is uh, the reggaeton. <laughs> I did not expect that. <laughs> Bro. I, oh. Really? I don't, I don't, I just, I cannot stand that fucking beat. It's Everything. very or yeah, it is very uh, repetitive. Like yes. the 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 origin of what the song is is mm-hmm. very the same. It's Bro, repetitive. I, like it's not just repetitive within the song. It's like every fucking song, mm-hmm. and it's just somebody mouthing a and I'm like, I play the violin. I'm I'm the violin is like arguably much more most, intricate. It's the most melodic instrument, so I need mm-hmm. a melody. You know, I need I need something moving on top of a timeline of, of some of, sort, an intricate harmony, exactly. Mm-hmm. And this shit is just like, bleh. and I'm like, Ugh. so like, if I I probably became an alcoholic down there just so like when I was at a party <laughs> I could forget you could tolerate. about the fucking music. <laughs> I'm not saying I don't I don't appreciate the 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 the, the craft. Yes, because like I, I can listen to certain certain bits of it, but like yeah, more than five minutes. I'm yeah no. So I I'm feel gone. that way about dance hall. Dance hall. I don't know if you've <laughs> heard dance hall. But it drags me through it. It doesn't, like, there yes. is no, like, like, if you're not going to give me some kind of tempo or beat or some some instrumentally creative aspect of it, at least give me lyrics. Yes. Give oh. me something that I can ignore most yes. of the beat on and I can follow the lyrics and appreciate the lyrics. Exactly. Anything but I can acknowledge in that, with, in that way. Yeah. But with dance hall, it fails at both for me. It fails at both for me. Because you want to hear repetitive, reggaeton is a dream come true. It's compared to dance hall. It's a dream come true. And I, I <laughs> so I, I, I'm serious when I say like dance hall, like I grew up around it. You know what I mean? I, I, I know people that still listen to it, you know, dance hall from the early 2000s. They'll wow. still like yeah. put it in their car and listen to it now. And... I just like it just doesn't speak to me in any Don't take this the wrong way for all not you because yeah, yeah, you're yeah. not going to take this the wrong way. <laughs> but anybody who listens to that type of music there's no musically intelligent way that it speaks to me. 
it's not it's it's just it's just something somebody and and I'm not some kind of composer where I can or some kind of producer where I can just throw music together and be it it's it's any any you know it's it's a very far cry from anything yes listenably yeah. tangible oh, yeah. you know what i mean oh, it's yeah. just trash like if i did anything it, it's trash yeah. but the 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 fact that dance hall is just neither lyrically inspiring to me or music like instrumentally inspiring to me it's to me dance hall is more for people that grew up with it it brings back some kind of memory yes. or it, it speaks to them in right. some way that they they heard this for the first time somewhere and they're like oh yeah. that reminds me of these days and There's a I bit can of nostalgia, I get that. right yes it's yep. more nostalgia and I can get that I understand that but don't tell me that it's good music no. to me it's not no, like no. there's dance hall and then I feel like if and I'm not very educated with dance hall and all that but to me it, it derives from some kind of Jamaican thing, correct? Some kind of Jamaican music. And I appreciate, and I've heard Jamaican music, and I appreciate that more than dance hall. Mm -hmm. Dance hall to me is very, some kind of synthetic, like trying to morph what the origin is into something that is for the masses or like a radio hit. And to me, it just doesn't click. It doesn't click. And I don't understand it, you know, and I think really the, 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 the main driver of that type of music is that you heard it somewhere somehow and it brings some kind of nostalgia with it. Yes. But that is one thing that I just, nope, not me, not me. And, you know, I can even appreciate, like, I'm not big on country, but I can appreciate country. You know what I mean? I can appreciate... literally the same way. Yeah, I can appreciate country. I may not sit there and listen to country, but I don't hate it when it comes on. You know what I mean? I don't hate it. I'm not like throwing my hands up and like, what the fuck? And who did this? Turn who did this, this to off. me? <laughs> I mean, I can, I can like, it has to be the right country song, but I can, I can, I can be okay with it. I can, I can live with it. But, you know, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of all kinds of music, but I can tolerate country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can tolerate country. It's not a huge deal to me. But dance hall, bro. Not me, bro. Not me. And I gave it a shot. I gave it a real chance. I grew up with dance hall was popping. You know what I mean? Okay. It was like yep. dance hall was it. If you went to a party, it was dance hall. And more like a house party, like some sweaty shit. Where you're drinking. <laughs> <laughs> where you're drinking like the same cognac bottle that oh, everybody else is. Oh. And it was in somebody's pocket. Oh, like yeah. room temperature, hot liquor that is being passed around. This is before coronavirus. Of course. For, obviously, for, yeah. 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 Before, you know, before you, you all fucked it up for us, <laughs> for these party goers such as myself. No, I'm just kidding. But, <laughs> it, but that is, it does bring some kind of nostalgia for me, but not enough for me to listen to it this far in, in my life. You know, and some people are like, you know, older than me listening to, yeah. and it brings back something for them and they'll just sit there and go down the highway and listen to it. Not me. I can't do it. It has to have some kind of, some kind of. I feel like craft. I don't know yeah. if that makes sense. Like it has to be some kind of piece to me. It right. it has to be like, and I'm the kind of guy that I will listen to heavy metal. Like I, I can do that too. Like okay. where yeah, I yeah, feel yeah. like it invoke because heavy metal for like, if you're listening to like, uh, and there's so many genres of rock that it's like you have death metal heavy metal like i don't know the difference honestly screamo i uh, guess is another is yeah. another one but i don't know the difference but 
I can listen to bands, but that invokes an emotion in me. You know what I mean? It invokes some kind of like whether it's like some kind of rage I need to take out, I'll pop in some bullet for my Valentine and I just can like that's a that's some that's a band. Um but I can pop in some bands and just be like like yes, I feel like it speaks to me in some kind of way, whether yeah. it's some kind of barbaric display of emotion where it's violence or yeah. if it's if it's like uh a little bit more mellow, a little bit yes. more um emotional side of soft rock kinda like you know, it, it makes me, you know, it takes me, it, it drifts, it, it, it's like a raft that carries me away. And that's something that rock can do too, but it can also be a raging storm that I can fucking drown in. You know what I mean? And that that's the, that's kind of the, 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 the spectrum when it comes to that kind of music. Absolutely. There's two different sides, completely far apart. Always, always. I remember I was, um, well, I, I went to see the show. Uh, a couple of my friends were performing at the Paradise Rock Club in Boston. Mm-hmm. And um, this girl was performing with, with a band. And she started singing. And I was like, oh, my God, this girl has such a fucking amazing voice. Mm-hmm. And then the song completely shifted into screamo. Yeah. And she was just belting. Mm-hmm. And I was so taken aback. But I wasn't, like, appalled. I no, was, no. There's beauty in that, like, too. Oh, my God. This girl is. She can hit both sides yeah, of the fence. Yeah, so she's so yeah. multi-talented. I was mm-hmm. like, yep. holy shit. Yeah. Damn. I, was, I, was, I couldn't believe it, honestly. Yeah. From from this gorgeous like sweet soft melodic like mm, mm-hmm. gore, beautiful yeah you know just like you rah. can tell that it was straight talent <laughs> yes. yeah I was I was so taken aback but just like not in a negative way I was like, no damn this she's got pipes <laughs> but that's the thing that's the thing that's that's I feel like you can hit both sides of the spectrum especially with that kind of music yeah but to me. It, and I'm not. I'm, I'm bashing on dance hall a lot. <laughs> Dude, like you were that's that's a, I, a steaming dump. Right yeah, I am. Table. I am, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> but it's just, it's just, it's a very one-dimensional plane. Like I can't hear the difference between one to the other. Like I can't, and maybe right. I might be ignorant. That might be it. But I can't, I can't be like this dance hall song makes me feel one emotion versus another. It's right. all the same bland feeling to yep. me. And maybe it's just because I didn't, I didn't like. Because like even now, I feel like I have such an open mind when it comes to music and yeah. all that shit. I feel like I have such an open mind, but it still just doesn't. Even with all my experiences, it still just doesn't resonate with me at all. And that's that's the, you know that's that's the thing with it's different with each person, you know. Yeah, and it's interesting to see how how certain you know genres or, or whatever like really impacts a certain person, you know. Mm-hmm. Cause like, I I'm not a big country fan, right? At all, mm-hmm. at all. Actually. <laughs> I, 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 I can't I can't do it with those southern accents and shit. I, I don't know what it is, dude. I don't know. Yeah, something about it is just like bleh. country seems to be generally hated by yes, most. There's no middle ground. It's like everybody yeah. either like fucking like you love the shit out of country, yeah, or you fucking despise it more than anything. <laughs> And I'm closer to the despiser more than anything. I mean, there's certain songs that have like a, like a nice groove, a nice beat, and I'm like, okay, I can, I can get down with this. Yeah, song. right. And then the dude with the cowboy hat starts singing, and I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm nobody to talk. When I was in Florida, when I lived there in Jacksonville, they did square dancing. Oh. So I showed up to square dancing events. Oh, Like, shit. not events where it was like a competition, but I would have friends that, you know, they square dance. They, they not square dance, line dancing, line dancing. Li- oh, okay. So it's yeah, a little yeah, bit yeah. more loose. It's a little bit more like, 
and for the life of me, I couldn't get the footwork down. Someone who dances like Spanish music, where it's a little bit more like, uh, if you don't, if you've never danced Spanish, uh, Spanish music, it's a very like step. You know what I mean? You you have steps that you have to hit yes. in order yep. for the beat to work in and coincide with the dance you're doing. So as somebody who grew up doing those those step dances and shit, when I got into the country scene, for some reason, like the beat and the, the 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 tempo and the melody that just didn't line up with any of my instincts at all so i would i would literally be struggling i'd be staring at somebody i wouldn't even be like trying to dance i'd be staring at the steps and it was just like in one out the other like it was just like does not compute and so i would be like trying to do the moves and i would be literally bumping into people i'd be like oh shit yes i was drunk but <laughs> but I would be, I would be doing my damnness to mm-hmm. to make it happen. And no matter how much I focused and tried, it would just be like these moves that I couldn't accomplish. Like I would, I just would be out of step with everybody else. No matter how much I I focused and tried and 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 went for it. So, you know, I I I did have a lot of fun though. Yeah. I'll say that. Like it was a lot of fun to be able to to to. And people were super nice. Like people were able to like understand that hey, this dude is not from here. <laughs> they were able to they were able to be like, "Hey, uh, you know, this motherfucker doesn't know what he's doing." And they still made the effort to try and and teach. Yes, dude, I oh, I have been there. So I got to I got to give a quick shout out to my uh my boys uh George Nifakos and Panayotis okay. Orfanos. Okay. Uh, shout out to them. New Year's Eve 2018 and 2019 i spent at their house they're 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 greek Mm -hmm. and they took the time like i I was i was a few drinks in and they took the time to teach me how to dance Mm -hmm. like the proper steps and everything yeah and going back to back years that shit stuck with me and then one of their cousins was getting married Mm -hmm. right and they invited me to play violin for the ceremony and of course and of course i was like are you kidding me of Of course course. yeah hell yeah you tell me what to play, I will play. We did that. And then at the wedding, at the reception, they everybody started dancing. And bro, when I tell you, I got into that line and I didn't miss a fucking step. And I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. And it was like, I literally learned this shit and like, bro, I fit in. It was amazing. Yeah. I don't want to sound like a prick or anything, but like, uh, I fucking nailed that shit, okay? <laughs> so this reminds me of a time i went to ecuador right where i'm from um well where my half of my family's from i'm from the united states but uh my dad's side of the family i i hate like like (laughs) claiming shit so i uh (laughs) my dad's side of the family's from ecuador and i i love them and uh so me and my aunt are dancing and the folkloric music from ecuador is very a little aggressive when it comes to the moves and being able to move and do your thing. It's not the traditional, like my mother's side of the family, bachata, merengue, uh, oh, okay. salsa. Yep. Those kind of moves are much more fluid, I would say. Fluid. And when it comes to my dad's side of the family and their folkloric music and the way they do their thing, it's much more aggressive. It's much more... And it sounds bad when I say it, but a little more tribal. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. know. I don't know how else to explain it. The yeah. only way I like, there's no other word that comes to mind at the right. moment. 
Um, that's what tequila does to you. But, <laughs> oh, yes, indeed. But, um, so I had to pick up on the fly. Because my, I, you know, when my aunt tells me, she, my aunt, I have, a, I have crazy aunts. Like, they're just raunchy and they say shit and they just don't care. And I love it because that's the way I am. So the, <laughs> we connect on another level. So I'm doing this dance with my aunt and I'm literally having to follow her lead, but I'm doing it on the fly. So the the dance itself, I get the 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 gist of it, like yep. the 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 step motion, I understand that, but she keeps throwing things in to make it more complicated. So I'm following her lead and I look like a maniac, honestly. Like I'm I'm sweating like I'm, I'm, oh, I'm yeah. like, oh, yeah. it's like crazy. It's crazy. My heart's pounding. I'm like, my cardio is kicking in. Like if I, I didn't expect to use as much cardio as I was using. So I'm, I'm following her lead and doing it. And eventually I was mirroring her, but this was all within like a four or five minute song. And eventually you start, your body starts failing. <laughs> like that's how cardio involved cardio intense it is because you're using all these muscles and you're dipping your shoulders right you're dipping your right, shoulders right. and you're stamping your feet and you're trying to get the footwork down and you're just you're doing twirls and shit and you're just you're just working your body so much that and and trying to focus on what she's doing in order for me to get it right it was just one of those things that it was the most organic experience when it comes to culture that I've ever had that's awesome. and it was something that I had to like train myself on the fly so that is is kind of the difference you know what i mean you have those like like when it's like bachata merengue is very like calculated and very like one two three or one two one two and it's one two three four one two three four like it just depends but it's predictable it's it's not as as intense as it would be on my dad's side of the family so like it's it's a little bit more of that where i appreciate that more because it's like it's it's a little bit it's getting into my roots a little bit yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's my dad's side of the family is a whole different culture than my mom's side of the family. Both yeah. Latino culture, right? But completely different parts of the planet, and it shows. So <laughs> when I when I was doing that, it was just wild, and I love that kind of shit. So when I get into dance hall and shit like that, it just doesn't speak to me. I'm like, I know kind of both sides of the fence where it's like, you know, it's from a different place, and right. it's and it's from you know this place of origin that is very tribal and very like, it's just not to sound like I know to some people, my dad's side of the family sound like maybe savages, but that's not the case. (laughs) It's not, it's not. They're just very in touch with their origin. They're just very like Inca Mayan, like that very like native American piece. Don't that's not only limited to North America. You know what I mean? That's, that's something that South America had way after north america did and it's a different it's a different native but it was something that runs deep in their culture it's still present today so that's the difference you know what i mean that's that's the difference between my family and and i love that part of my family because it's it's very i i i think i've thrown the word organic 20 times in this fucking episode (laughs) but it's true it's like i i like to live an organic life as much as i can you know in my own thoughts I like to be as organic as I can when it comes to my culture and my ancestry and, and what I'm in touch with. I like to keep it organic because that's as real as I can yes. make it for myself in, yes. in, a, in a world like the world we live in. That's very synthetic and very calculated and very, uh, very, uh, you know, made by man. 
I feel like it's important to keep things as organic as you can because there's so much fake around. Yes, dude, 100%. 100%. And that's why that's why I uh, going back to the original question, like the 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 transition of classical music from <laughs> <laughs> wow, the transition of of classical music from then till now, I just feel like I don't have the ear for it. You know what I mean? I don't have the ear to 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 differentiate between the two. You do. And I'm sure you, in your travels, you know, in what you've done, you've studied history of yeah. music. Oh, yeah. You've done a lot of that. So for me, you can give me way more insight than I could ever fathom because I, I, I don't, I'm not trained right. or I'm not educated in that realm. Right. But you, you can, do you have the ear to, to say, like, this is new and this is old classical? Can you yeah. tell? Oh, absolutely. Because I can't. I can't because I... I got into like I've I've gotten a little bit deeper into classical music because when I study typically I listen to classical mm -hmm. because it just propels my mind. I don't, I'm not focusing yeah. on lyrics. I'm not focusing on these things that I feel like with classical music it can take this turn and then just completely jet into yep. another realm. But when it comes to like music we we the common people know, it's like this very sine wave kind of thing where yes. you're just very boop 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 with classical music it can be very tragic and then get very emotional mm -hmm. and then tragic again and then you know just take these turns that conventional music these days just doesn't do. Right right. So I don't have the ear for that. I mean, part of it too is because I, I've I've listened to so much, I've played so much, I understand like where or when. Literally, it's 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 all about when, mm -hmm. like when these these uh, pieces were composed. Mm -hmm. So I, I I think I have a, a bit of an edge. Sure, absolutely. To be a dick, but bro, I, I, I <laughs> you know, like just just the the literal the literal physical aspect of time and when this shit was composed mm -hmm. and how the eras have changed, but also. Also, no shit. Is, is more of the physical aspect of time. My violin mm -hmm. was built in 1824. Like, how do you... Bro, that's a whole nother... Like, you just keep digging, and I just keep, like, finding water. Like, what the fuck? Like, I got... Like, I... <laughs> like, I just, I just want to keep going, but go ahead. Go ahead. Bro, but that's, that's like... That's not even... Like, some of these violins, bro, like, Stradivarius is, is a huge name in violin. Mm -hmm. And... Like the, now that is the make you're talking about the make the maker oh, right. the maker yeah. so this man built but like the Stradius, Stradivarius violin there, there's only a handful in the world right now that's why these violins go for like four, I can't imagine what they four go to for. ten million dollars for a fucking piece of wood dude <laughs> you know <laughs> with string on it with <laughs> there's some metal and a couple and a couple wedges yeah. like a, what do you call them cranks or yeah, whatever exactly. the fuck they call them the pegs yeah the pegs yeah the pegs yeah for four million dollars, huh? Jesus. And then this other Italian maker, maker um, Guarneri, bro. That guy, I told you, um, uh, I studied back in the the Curtis the Curtis professor Aaron Rosand. Would you mind if I hit that? Oh, always and often, bro. It's not weed, guys. Relax. It's it's a vape pen. Yeah, it's thing. just a it's just a stupid vape pen. But go ahead. Anyway, so when I studied with him, he he was playing on this 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 this, this Guarneri violin. I think it was made in seventeen forty something. Right, this violin is worth eighteen million dollars. Eighteen, eighteen million dollars. I heard you. My I mean, brain just didn't process. Right. It. I mean, granted, in the whole like Jeff Bezos world, that's like jump change. That's like flipping a nickel or some shit. But, <laughs> but like, he like, I mean, people should fact check me on this, but I'm pretty sure 
because he he died, and one of the things he did before he died was he he, he donated or he sold the violin to a museum mm-hmm. because he didn't want his family fighting over a fucking eighteen million dollar piece of wood. And I feel like they probably, you never know. Uh, how long ago was this? six years ago either way he you know people aren't gonna value the like a piece of work like that right. like he would right i feel like exactly. he prioritized the artistic exactly. piece of it like right. he prioritized like hey this is some shit and you guys are just gonna <laughs> sell some it shit yeah this is this is some shit that belongs yeah but dude that's another thing it's like my violin is almost 200 years old and I've been playing on it for six years. Six years, bro. Like, who... It's amazing to think of where, where has this violin been over this... I was going to ask you that. Like, how do you get your hands on something that old? I, I got it through a maker in Maryland. Was it like a, uh, something that he was he was selling it individually? Yeah. 200 years. So what is, what is a 200-year-old violin? Like, what is that kind of a price on that? I mean, dude, so my violin is almost 200 years old, but it's not even an original. It's a copy of an even older Shut Italian. The fuck up. So you have counterfeits at 200 years, and they're still 200 years yes, old? Dude. <laughs> Yo. So it's like, and I mean, we, we got it for like, I mean, cheap. It's like In the, yeah, when you're talking about something 200 years old, cheap is... Yeah, it was like 4,000 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> Again, for a piece of wood. Yeah. With a little, you know, some metal strings on it. Now, can you can you tell like the craftsmanship? Is that something that plays a role in yes. the in the sound quality? Like is that like can you can you find a violin <laughs> constructed today? Yeah. For with the same sound quality? Is it is it is yeah. it more yes. like a timepiece that is like, oh, there's an artistic like stamp on this that makes it expensive or is it like there's a quality of sound that you can't get when you get something newer there is a quality of sound but also like name recognition is just it's huge when it comes to violins can somebody just be like hey that's a piece from this person or really and they'll be like oh my god really can they recognize it like a car like a you know a ferrari is not a toyota you know what i mean you're not gonna look at it me my ignorant ass will be like that's a violin you know what i mean i'm like (laughs) that's a violin if I wanted to chuck it in the, the bonfire here, it's like, you know, it's another piece of wood, right? Right, right. But, like, actually, weirdly enough, a, a weird thing with violins. So, I'm sure you recognize the shape of the violin, Of right? course. That hourglass, so, I would say hourglass yes. if I had to put a name, like yes, a exactly. stamp on a lot it. Of, a lot of the modern violins now, like, the back of it, mm-hmm. it, it comes in two separate pieces. Mm-hmm. So, they fit the hour because it has the bulge in the back. So they they right. graph two pieces of wood and connect them, and you see a, a single line through the middle where it's connected. It's an acoustic yes. shape. But a lot of the older ones, like the the Strads, the Guarneri's, that kind, it's one single piece in the back that they 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 they've molded. And they just carve it. Yeah. And because that was way more, I guess it's way easier to just get two, mold it the way you want, and sh- stick so there's there. so would you say so the older ones don't have seams? Yes. And that's how you can I mean, tell. I mean, some do, but like, yeah, a lot don't. Like mine has a has a seam right in the back. I can, I'll send you a picture. Yeah, please do. Yeah, because I'm like I said, I'm ignorant as fuck, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I really am. So, <laughs> so for me, like, um, when it comes to that, how do you, how do you go about choosing your violin? Oh, it's all personal. 
It's all how you think it sounds. Really? Oh, for real. Like with mine, I that holy I, fuck. Before I decided on mine, I tried like six different violins. And what spoke to you about this one in particular? I don't know. I don't know. It was just I played it. First of all, like feel with an instrument is huge. I don't know. Feel. How, I don't know how to explain it, but when I played this, it felt easy to play. It felt natural. It resonates with you. Yeah. Some I tried to play, and I was like, I don't like the way this feels. Hmm. And I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how else to explain it. It's like King Arthur picking up the Excalibur. Exactly. He's like, yeah. <laughs> you know, this is yeah. Like He Man he- with the sword. I have the power, and the, yeah, like that's crazy to me. That I, I, yeah. like I never considered that aspect of it. That violins have so shit. Like there are people out there with a violin, regardless of the time frame or anything like that, that just happens to resonate with them, and that's why they chose it. Really? Is that how you buy a violin? Is that is that yeah. is that like what most musicians who know what they're doing, they they do that they do it that way? Oh, absolutely. Like, they don't just say like, oh, this is the top of the line. Like, this is the price. This is what I'm going to buy. It's not about that. Bro, you you could find violin worth, worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. But if it doesn't feel or sound great to you, there's no way you're going to buy it. No really? fucking way. No fucking I tried this violin. Um, this super famous violinist, Hilary Hahn. She's literally my favorite violinist ever. She's like, oh my God, amazing. Mm-hmm. So I met a friend at one of these violin things. And he was playing on one of the violins she used to play on. It was, oh my God, gorgeous violin. I think it was worth like $280,000. He let me try it. Bro, I, I didn't like it. Wow. Like, I loved listening to him play it. It sounded good when he played it. But when I when I, when I I played it, I didn't like the way it sounded under my ear or the way my hands felt when I was playing it. Really? Yeah. That is so fascinating but to it, me. It was like, I, I mean, it, it, it's like I, I wouldn't spend $300,000 for this violin. Is it something that you feel like all instruments or is it like is that something unique to a violin that's something i think it's unique to like violins violas cellos that kind of shit mm-hmm. something that's because like the strings yeah guitars i feel it is, is different you know like there's a different way of selecting a guitar yeah okay guitars are so visual you know because there's so okay you know guitar, i can see that there's so many different designs for guitars mm-hmm. and so many different variations right, right. So, I mean, I don't play guitar, so I can't speak, you know, for the guitar people out there. But that's just coming from a violinist to where all violins <laughs> basically look the same. <laughs> yeah, to me, from the entry, to, to right? me though, right? To they me, to someone same. like me, I, I, I may notice little details here and there, but the significance is lost on me. Exactly, it's lost on me. That's crazy. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that. See, that's like another level of shit that I'm just like, no, like, like I, I, I feel even dumber than I did when we started this conversation. It's crazy. It's crazy. But that's why I do this. I, I like to think, like I said, I like to think I didn't say it today, but I think of myself as like a student of the world where yeah. people, there's so much people can teach me. I don't need to, I'm not discrediting college or anything like that, but there is like, I feel like there's so much more people can teach me that will stick and resonate with me more than what I can learn from a book and what I can learn from, you know, some professor in some university teaching me shit. Like, uh, for example, the one time, this isn't a example, but the one time, the one, one of the things that I did do when I was going through my college phase where I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do and I was just burning money for 
whatever fucking reason. But I, I went to college and one of the most beneficial things I ever did for myself was a, uh, what's that? What's th- it's not a, it's not a major, Minor? but it's a, no, no, no. It's a course that <laughs> you pick to fill the gaps for credits. Oh, uh, elective. Elective. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You could call it an elective. Um, but one of the things, and I feel like this is why I'm doing what I'm doing right now here with you, is I took public speaking. Ah, okay. Public speaking is such a valuable, invaluable tool Yes. that I couldn't, I, at the time, no idea how it would serve me. Ever. Like, I was never thinking of this shit. I was never, I was never thinking that I was going to stand in front of an audience or, like, do anything with it. It was just something, it was an elective that I just felt like I needed to get some credits. So, here's the, here's what I thought would, you know, fill in that, that something interesting enough for me to sit there right. for an hour, two hours. And public speaking taught me a lot in, in, and here's what I'll share about that. When, when it comes to public speaking... People don't know you're making mistakes. You know you are. And that's where people get nervous because mm-hmm. they think everybody can smell the mistake you're making when it's just exactly. you. You get nervous and you you say something and you may sound dumb to you because you know what you're trying to say and you're fucking it up. But when it comes to other people sitting there listening, they don't know what you're thinking. They don't have any insight into what's going on in your head. So when you're sitting there talking and making mistakes, it's only mistakes you realize. Right. Exactly. And it's something that you can take exactly. home and just be like, I fucked up here, I fucked up there. But other people are just like, this motherfucker got it. Like this this guy is just is just impeccable. Right. But for in your head, you're you're fucking up left and right. Yeah, yeah. It's it's miserable feeling. Yep. But the minute you learn that it's just you who knows, it's just like that makes so much sense because your mannerisms, the way you are, it's it's normal. Right. It's normal for you, for other people yeah. to hear you speak, but for me, it's forget it. It's a travesty. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my god. So that's that's one of the things that if if anybody out there is looking for some like if you're in college and you're doing some kind of shit. And you have to pick an elective, pick public speaking for the love of God, because it's it, it's only going to help you in, in ways that you can't imagine. It's going to make you so comfortable to say what you, you know, in your head, it, it, you're just going to convey it in such a way that you kind of know the cheat codes. Right. You know what I mean? You kind of you kind of understand that people don't see the imperfections your psychological brain might see. Yep. So when you're saying something, it's like I said, to somebody else, you're you're talking like you normally would. Exactly. Or they're listening to somebody like they normally would. But for you, you're like, what the fuck? What am I doing? What am I saying? How did I say that? How did I fuck that up? But it's not any of that. It's not any of that to the normal person, to the yeah. untrained eye. And that's kind of like roping it back into the violins oh. where you have a trained eye and ear that I don't have. So for me, it's a fucking violin. Right. So I'm seeing this person talk is just a person talking and they're doing great, phenomenal. Yep. But in your head, you're like, what the fuck am I doing? I like, like, how do they sign me up? How do they pay me for this? Like, that's <laughs> that's well, that's, that's kind of. So yeah. And it's and that's kind of what uh, public speaking taught me. It's something that you're going to use for the rest of your life. Yep. Like being able to talk in front of people and, and say things and, and write things and do things that only the flaws are apparent to you and not everybody else, that's that's amazing. That's an amazing gift. That's an amazing power. And I thought it was like the, the most monotonous thing that I'm just filling my time with. I remember uh, 
So we had to do a project, right? At the time, I don't know if you remember, uh, like I said, the, like you said, actually, you weren't, uh, video games didn't exist. <laughs> so yeah, we had to do years. like a, yeah. <laughs> so we had to do like a, a presentation. That was one of our projects yeah. in public speaking. And it's only for a semester, so you have a limited time of stuff you can actually do. But one of the things they wanted to do was uh, some kind of demonstration for everybody else because that gives you the advantage. You have some kind of knowledge that you're sharing with everybody else in the classroom, right? So my project of choice, and this is something that I did a lot of research on because at the time, Xbox 360 was the, the, the latest generation console. And... If you don't know what an Xbox 360 is, it's some kind of gaming console that you use to play video games. It was, you know, generations and look it up, motherfucker. <laughs> I don't have to explain this. But the, the uh, Xbox 360 was a platform. And at the time, the Xbox 360 had a lot of heating issues. It would overheat and die. So okay. it was a big deal because you would spend like $350, $400 on this, you know, this computer, this system that would overheat in a couple months and it would die and literally you just threw away $300. So it was a big deal coming from Microsoft, a company right. that is like upper ash, like Microsoft is in everybody's house in some form, some way. Right. So there's software or whatever, hardware, whatever you want to, whatever you want to uh, run, you know, Microsoft is there, whether it's a computer program or elsewhere. Um, but the issue was that they would overheat. So I did my research because I couldn't afford to just keep buying shit. So, you know, I'm in college and I eventually, you know, did my research and found out how to fix it. So what I did was I, uh, over time, I got so comfortable with that. I'm just like, on the day of the project, I still didn't know what I was going to do. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to demonstrate how to fix this heat problem. I brought an Xbox into my class and I literally took it apart I showed everybody the internals and I had to do it for at least seven minutes. I had like a seven minute window I had to fill. So for seven minutes, I have to talk. Wow. And as somebody who doesn't talk and, and isn't comfortable with talking in front of like 20 something people, because that's how big my class was, it was nerve wracking. Like, dude, you are not, I'm doing this now for the last three hours and it's, it's nothing to me now. But at the time, like I was a baby, wow. you know, and you know. As you know, the topic yeah. goes. But I took the whole thing apart. I was like, here's where the heat sinks are and here's how you can fix it. And I was just going and going and putting it back together and that's how you do it. You know, I you know, you have to say shit here and there to keep the conversation flowing. But that's I did what I knew and I had no idea that I was training for something like I'm doing right now where right. we can hold a conversation for this long on air. People are going to listen to this. You know, hundreds of people are going to listen. And it's just like I never fathom that right. I was going to be using that later on in life. It was just something to fill my time with. Yep. And it's crazy. It's crazy because. All I did was, you know, geek out in front of a bunch of people. And that was something that was in, incredible to me. And I didn't know the value of what I actually was doing. Right. And and that is the crazy thing about life. Yeah. And for me, that tr- that's exactly what translates to when I'm performing violin. It's just another, I just... It's something that you only you can hear. Yeah. You have a trained ear. You have a trained, you know, yeah. ear for things. And that's how I learned that, hey... Yeah, this may sound dumb to me. You know, I may I may agonize going over this 
episode and listening to every word I said and the tone I said it in and and the the things I might have said that to me I'm just like I sound fucking stupid but to people I don't sound stupid exactly you know what I mean it's all about perception just another person saying a bunch of shit exactly exactly it means a lot we're saying some you know yeah to us we're having a genuine conversation and it is what it is but to to but I'll I'll leave it at this because we have been going for three hours that was not a joke (laughs) That was not a fucking joke. So I will leave it at this. I want you to plug yourself. Mm -hmm. I want you to go ahead and if you have like a, you know, some kind of platform that you want people to reach out to you on, this is your chance. I want you to be able to give yourself the opportunity to get yourself out there. So take the time and go ahead and plug yourself. I want you to I want you to like literally say, hey. My name is Paul Cronin. I want you to follow me here. Right. You can email me here if you want me to, you know, work on anything for you. Oh my and, god, absolutely. Yeah, do your Listen, thing, man. And anybody who needs any sort of like so not just like like violin is is the main instrument I play, but like anybody who needs any sort of strings, string mm-hmm. instrument, background and strings for any anything. I don't care if you have like a small project you have an idea for. And you're like, "Oh my god, I might need some sort of a you know, string background tracks. I I can I can do it all because I have done it all. So <laughs> guys, any anything, any anytime, anywhere. So if you want all you, you just literally you guys can fucking text me. That's that's perfect. <laughs> you know? Sometimes it takes me an hour to respond, but like text me. My num my number is 603-247-2993. You text me anytime, anywhere. And and email prcronin.12 at gmail.com if you guys need anything and anytime. One big thing, uh, social media. Do you have any social media that oh, they yes. would hit you up on? Oh, yeah. My yeah. Instagram is... Um... Shit, what the fuck is my Instagram? You tell me, motherfucker. I just... <laughs> Goddamn. Like, I, I, normally, I know this shit off the top of my head. No, it's... Um, it's um, one, one sec. It's uh, Pauly, P-A-U-L-Y, underscore, Cronin, underscore. And that's where I post a lot of my shit, like fitness, violin-related. And just stupid other, you know, lame-ass shit about being in Miami. <laughs> that kind of thing. Fantastic. Always. So, guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, I just uh, put up a Instagram page for the channel. So, or, I don't know if you can call it a channel, but fuck it. It's a channel. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> I don't know if... Uh, so, I put up a uh, Instagram page. It's at the Autocaster T-H-E... A U T O C A S T E R. Um, that would be my Instagram page. If you want to follow me on Facebook, it would be uh, the Autocaster. It should pop up. If you want to email me, um, the Autocaster at gmail.com for any inquiries, whatever you want. Um, but um, if you haven't already, like, share, comment, subscribe so you get the latest updates on whenever I post something. Thank you so much for listening. Paul, help Chris. me out. Give me an awu. One awu. A unanimous awu oh, so we can wrap this motherfucker Let's up. Let's get it. Ready? All right. Awu! Let's go. All right, go. y'all. Thank you for tuning in. Thanks, guys. And Chris, thank you so much. Oh, absolutely, bro. My pleasure. My pleasure. All right, y'all. Take care. See you on the next one. Peace.